0: Good morning, class. Welcome to Art Eater podcast number 58. I'm your host, uh, Richmond. Um, and today we're going to continue our podcast series on game advertisements the good, the bad, and the what the heck were they thinking? All right. So um <laughs> this has been a really uh, fun series. Uh, when, you know, so Adam uh, uh, recommended this topic. And at first I was like, ah, game advertisements. Like, what are we even going to talk about? But it's like, Wow! Once you get the ball rolling, like there's just so many things to discuss. So, um, but yeah, real quick before we get into it, let's just do a really quick roll call. So, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm your host, Richmond. Um, you know, I, I've got I've been working in in games uh, for for many years. Uh, I got a background in animation. Currently run a, a indie game dev and our, our art outsourcing studio. And uh, you know super pumped to be here with my buddies uh, every week to talk about fun stuff.
1: Oh, hello. I'm Sean. I'm uh, usually here. I uh, edit the podcast. Um, a creative director, UX director. Uh, worked with uh, Richmond in the past on games. I, I spent a bulk of my career in the game industry. Uh, worked for a couple of years at uh, places like Blizzard Entertainment, and now I lead design teams at NZXT. And I continue to just find all outlets to talk about video games.
2: Awesome, sup everybody? It's Adam, pleased to be here once again as always. It's your favorite game, level designer, pixel artist and international Taekwondo fighter. Yeah, it's always great to be back with the crew chatting about games. This one's gonna be a really good episode too. So strap in, put your belt on, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, I'm really hyped to be here once again and I'm genuinely surprised actually just because I've just found some other things which I wanna talk about and I'm very excited to do so. So yeah, let's go. All right, all
0: right, let's get to it. Okay, um, so I have been, uh, oh, I can't wait. Uh, I, okay. I, I I can't wait to get to this one. So today I'm going to kick stuff off with, um, this is my favorite, uh, game advertising campaign. And really like it is my favorite advertising campaign of all time that I've ever seen. Um, so oh, wow. <laughs> been oh, saving wow. this one for this final, final podcast about, um, game ads. So uh, I, I just posted it in our, our, uh, discord chat. Um, I am going to talk about Segata Sanchiro <laughs> so um, oh, I, I I just posted like are, are you guys familiar uh, with this character or yes yeah, this, yeah. this campaign okay so uh, for the listeners out there uh, segata Sanchiro is a uh, character uh, that Sega created oh, in the late 90s uh, and he starred in a bunch of Sega Saturn commercials uh, from 1997 to 1999 and they were just like these really gonzo like just fun uh just so <laughs> I, I can't even describe him um if you if uh if you're listening if you're not familiar just just hop on press pause right now hop on youtube look up Seigata sanjiro so that's the name of the character so um how, where do i even start okay so I, I i guess i'll just describe the first commercial that he was ever in uh so he was um a mascot that they introduced uh uh, late, uh, you know, two years into the uh, Sega Saturn's life cycle, um, a lot of people might not realize that uh, Sega has never has always been second fiddle um, in Japan to Nintendo uh, while the Genesis was super popular worldwide. It actually was not popular uh, in, in in Japan. So um, even you know, by the time the Sega Saturn came out, they were very much the underdog and uh, Sega Senshiro came out two years into the life of the Sega Saturn, which which did much better than, the mega drive actually so it was doing all right and it was actually a very successful ad campaign and it's a really bizarre campaign so segada Sancho, uh he is this uh, judoka he's, he's a he's a martial artist he's this very intense martial artist he's played by um the actor uh, hiroshi fujioka who was the first common writer uh so very you know Oh, very was he really? Cool, yeah, I didn't know that. Very wow. iconic actor. And also like a very accomplished martial artist uh, in, in real life. You know, he trained in several different uh, martial arts. Um, and uh, okay, so <laughs> the character, uh, he was introduced in uh, a commercial for the uh, Sonic R racing game, but the commercial had nothing to do th- with that. Instead, it was like, you see some kids, you know, some 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 school kids walking home, uh, and, uh, all of a sudden, you know, things get tense and they see this martial artist in his gi just like, you know, blocking the road in front of them. And they're like, what's going on? And then he like, he, it's, it's Sagata Sanshiro, this intense mascot. And he basically just like wrestles all the kids down. <laughs> he just like beats the crap out of them. And then he says, he says his uh, catchphrase, which is, um, Sagata sajun Shiro. You know, which means you must play the Sega Saturn, and it, it's just <laughs> it's this really silly, surreal commercial. And then you know they play some some footage of Sonic, and um yeah, the commercials just were that, that that's just oh my god! Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not I remember
1: I remember there there's one. It's it's like super in your face, intense. Like the the one that sticks in my mind is <clears throat> there's one for a soccer game where. Like he throws this kid at the soccer ball, and his head hits the ball, yeah, no. and it goes into the net. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. it's where, um, yeah, I, I think it's actually like uh, someone's about to like score a goal, and then he tosses another player to like to block the ball.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're, they're really <laughs> silly. There's
0: another one where um, it was like for a baseball game, and you see him; he's he's at you know he's on the mound. He's he's holding the bat, and someone like tosses a fastball goes straight down the middle. And then he, instead of uh, hitting with the bat, he actually drops the bat and he like kicks the ball with like, uh, you know, this <laughs> amazing, like uh, roundhouse kick and scores a home run. Like they're all just really silly and, um, but they're so sincere. Like it, it's, it's such an amazing campaign. So I mentioned, you know, so the actor Hiroshi uh, Fujioka, he was the first common writer, right? So he's a very iconic actor uh, in Japan. Um, and then the character, Sagata Sanshiro, it's a play on a very well-known classic movie called Sanshiro Sugata. It was Akira Kurosawa's very first movie. And it was about a fictional uh, judoka, like a fish, fictional martial artist. Uh, but he was based off of a real-life martial artist. Uh, uh, I forget his name. Uh, he was based off of Saiga, Saigo Hiro. Uh, and uh, who, who was one of the first practitioners of uh, judo because uh, judo is actually a relatively uh, new uh, martial art. It was invented in the late 1800s. It's, it's, it's not actually ancient. Um, yeah, so uh, Akira Kurosawa uh, directed this movie about, you know, uh, this, this uh, one of the first judo superstars, and it established him as a hot new filmmaker way back in the day and uh, it's uh, apparently a classic in japan it's been remade like five times and um so (laughs) (laughs) it's it's so surreal that they created uh this mascot based off of that and um Hiroshi Fujioka just does such a good job like he's so committed to the role uh because the commercials are they're very goofy and they're 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 very over the top they're very surreal um they barely have anything to do with the games and like they I mean (laughs) he's literally like beating people up and telling them like you must play the Sega Saturn like it's it's almost like they're resisting and he's just overwhelming them with his his strength Um, but uh, he played it so straight and I I feel like that's why they work like um, he even in interviews in real life uh, promoting these campaigns he said Uh, He was drawn to like the strength of the character and its sincerity. And he said, like, he thought it had a really good message. (laughs) It's like, he he was just like a hundred percent, like in character all the time. Like just so supportive of this campaign. I
1: I also like how later in the campaign, they started putting him into situations that don't really call for violence. And it it works really, really well. Like there's one where he's like coaching a girl on something or there's one where he's making sushi. And to your point, they're all super sincere.
0: Yeah, yeah, they, they th- that's why I love the campaign. It moved, like, the starting point was, like, him basically just, like, randomly jumping people and telling them to play the Saturn. But it evolved into like, all this different stuff. Like, there's, like, this real wistful romantic one that they made in support of um, the, uh, uh, oh, gosh, that, um, the, that steampunk dating uh, Saturn RPG with the Mecca, uh, Sakura Wars. Right. Oh, of course. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's one where he's, um, you know, it's like him and, uh, you know, the main character of that game. And, and it, they're just having like this great time, like running through, uh, you know, a grove of, um, cherry blossoms. <laughs> and it's like so hmm. nice and romantic and cute. Like they varied the tone so much, but, um, I, I I'm curious to hear, uh, like Adam, what, what are your impressions of this campaign as a martial artist? Because I, I think this guy really, like, has this intensity, you know? He, uh, yeah.
2: Absolutely. Okay, so just gen- generally, just first, first off, I think the ways in which, like, there's a, there's an intense kind of, like, a passion that, like, exists within certain martial artists. Like, the way that they kind of, like, scream and shout, and just the ways in which that they carry our, themselves, how we carry ourselves, that's definitely something which is, um... Which is palpable here. That there's just there's one shot here which I really which I really like. I'm just going to send it into you in a second. But there's a moment in one of these uh one of these Sancho commercials where like he's walking away as like there's like like a kid like on the ground who's just been like absolutely like just destroyed just by him. And then <laughs> yeah. there's also like a Sega Saturn on the ground right next to him. And then with the with the controller there too. And it's just crazy just to see him kind of like walking away as if he's like at the end of like a movie. And then he's just like, you know, like walking off into the sunset, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, he's, his job here is done. He's he's beating up the kid, but not only just that, like he's he's gifted them the Sega Saturn, just like yeah, now this you know better. The like Sega Saturn that's in something. the foreground.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's perfect he's 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 left it there he's placed it there nicely like perfectly for the camera and then he's just walking away just in this beautifully composed shot and yeah just like the um the dedication to like training as well as he's like running up the mountain with the big on his back or when he's just doing general you know crazy things in terms of trying to get people to play these games there's a dedication in that and i think that it speaks to a lot of what it is that martial artists go through you know there's a consistent um and persistent like focus in our lives be that um the acquisition of new skills like regarding like kicks and punches and strikes and all these things like just trying to improve yourself and trying to get better at these things like there's a goal like a drive that's sort of like ignited within you as a martial artist and i think that like just seeing this guy like treat something like this treat like the sales of this like 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 that He's, he's really trying to not just like persuade people like literally like or verbally he's like literally like beating them up being like no you have to like play this thing like you have to do it and then not only just that he's like actively like giving them to people and like leaving them and yeah it's just uh it's wild and like no matter where it is that he is either whether he's in like a club where he's in a club scene or he's outside walking around he's just always he's 100 percent like sega saturn mode and i just i love that there's a yeah there's a real life uh application to that in the sense that you know once you're a martial artist you're always a martial artist you know and that, that's what this kind of reminds me of like yeah this guy's just always 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 just putting the putting on the, the put on the suit and yeah he's just walking around and just making sure that people know hey you need to buy this it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I love it.
0: he's always at a hundred percent yeah
2: yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah always but, trying oh, his best
0: yeah oh sean you were right the the sack the the football one or, or soccer for the americans out there is um yeah he throws the guy and then the guy headbutts the ball into the goal <laughs> <laughs> Or did, did you see the one before that where he's the goalie and the 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 opponent kicks the ball but instead of blocking it he just he, he like forcefully like moves the entire uh, goal he literally <laughs> moves the goalpost <laughs> no. and then he's like cheering and then they show like the clips of the the game and then it, it ends with like the uh, ref giving him a red card, and he's like, Why, what do you mean? Like, what, what do you mean that wasn't a laugh? It's like, hmm. oh, you're so yeah, silly. I love
2: it. Yeah. There's, a, there's uh, another do... one as well. where um, it's, it's the one I just mentioned where he's in the club. Like he does, that, he, he does that thing that I've seen a few times where um, right before they attack somebody, like they, they outstretch their arms, kind of like what a bear does when it wants to get bigger like when they want to look like larger and stuff and he's like ah they just like this big like we call it a Kiap in taekwondo but like it's like it just means like a yell or like a shout is what it means but he goes like ah and he's just like really hyped to fight and then like he beats up this entire room of people again and then there's this woman who just like right before she passes out she's like oh Segata Sanjiro, like, oh, uh, like I know who this is. Like, I know who just like, destroyed me. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then she passes <laughs> out, and he's just like, I will make sure that you play this this uh, console, and then she just like leave. It's just like, yeah, that's his whole that's his whole deal.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, did 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 you guys catch the the final ad in the campaign? The final bittersweet send off for Segata Sanjiro?
2: No. Oh, okay. I, th- um, I feel like I may have seen this before. Let me see.
0: Yeah. Okay, so if if you're listening, please just watch these first. Don't don't spoilers ahead. Don't let me spoil this for you. You gotta see it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the the final Segata Centro ad, um, it was actually for the Dreamcast. So, you know, the Saturn had its day in the sun. And of course, you know, he is the Saturn mascot, right? So so to give him this uh a glorious send-off, the commercial starts. Uh you you see um through uh it looks like you're looking through binoculars and there's like a boardroom meeting at sega hq and yeah there's all these business uh people and uh they're saying like okay all that's left is to the is to wait for the dreamcast launch it's ready and they're all like congratulating themselves they're they're so happy right but then you see um the binoculars it's actually uh it, 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 you get the point of view of the person holding the binoculars and it's some some evil supervillain just laughing maniacally. And then he pushes like a comedically huge red button and he launches a missile at the Sega headquarters. And <laughs> and then in the boardroom, in the skyscraper, right? They they see this oh, missile flying this towards one. them <laughs> and they're like in a panic and it's about to strike. But then just as, you know, all hope is lost, you you, you see on the roof of the building is Sagata Sanchiro. He strikes his pose, right? That judo yeah. pose with the arms open, like a, like a, bear. <laughs> and he, he leaps, he leaps off the, uh, the top of the skyscraper and he falls on the missile, <laughs> He puts himself in between the building and this rocket powered missile. And he's just like pushing it. And he just keeps repeating. He keeps repeating his catchphrase, like, Sega Saturn, Shiro, like you, you must play the Saturn. You must play the Saturn, and he 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 he, he um redirects the missile so that it shoots up in the air, and he's still <laughs> riding it all the way like into space, and then finally like it just explodes, <laughs> <laughs> wow. and, and and it's like the final message is that the the Sega Saturn will will live on in our hearts, and you you know you you see like um. An image of him just superimposed on on the sky, just smiling down on everyone. It's this incredible send-off.
1: Wow. Absolutely. Uh, Okay. Can I uh, piggyback on this? Like while we're talking about, I don't know, uh, mascots for consoles. um, It's uh, it's not nearly as good. But do y'all remember uh, the Kevin Butler commercials for PS3? I
0: do not. (laughs) I don't. Uh, Who, Who is Kevin Butler?
1: Uh, so uh, the reason it reminded me of this is like, uh, is not nearly as funny uh, as Whoa, this. Like this means- is much much campier uh, and like okay. much more sincere. But uh, it reminded me of this like was that what reminded me of it was th- this idea. That there's like a single guy like a mascot that is the the main advertising campaign so the joke with kevin butler was that uh do he, he had each they had uh, multiple like 100 it was actually like hundreds of commercials in which each one was more focused on a specific game and this was the the ps3 um, it does everything campaign and the the, the funny thing was it was kind of like s- same thing with uh sagata century it was like it was somewhat self-aware um but the the joke was of course that he had a different title every episode. So he'd be like the VP of virtual pet relations. He'd be like the VP of the cold hard truth. Uh, VP Hmm. of uh, enough is enough. VP of epic footage, VP of blu ray superiority, which is a really dated phrase at this point. Hmm. um, Oh, That's so funny. uh, Like, yeah, actually, um, Wikipedia has a list of all the titles that he had. Um, But but like, it's um, another one of those, those things where I'm trying to think if there was any other consoles, but this idea of this kind of unified console campaign, uh, you know, with this like kind of magnanimous kind of main character, uh, that that's what kind of reminded me about it. Um, I, I think Not I don't know.
0: Th- yeah, you you weren't kidding. There's like a hundred of these commercials. I didn't know he was in so many.
1: I, I think it ran for a few years, but I I don't know. It's kind of making me make wonder out loud. Like, I wonder if there's something to. Uh, just having this consistent self-aware character for the, for consoles yes. that, that, cause like, this was a, well, like these were, as far as I know, uh, Sagata Senshiro and Kevin Butler, these very well loved ad campaigns. Like they weren't just ads, you know, people really enjoyed them. Um, so anyway, just, it was reminding me of that. Although, like I said, <laughs> it's not, it's not nearly as it, it, it's also him playing it pretty straight. Um, although it's not nearly as, uh, I don't know what the word is bombastic is the sagata century yeah. campaign uh but still, that, it's, still it's, it's
2: a good it. it's, it's a good point that you make though, actually because this just reminds me of um there was a period of time where well no still it's still kind of is but like ad campaigns just like for everything like they had their own little mascots like it but like in terms of um in terms of those mascots like they were actual just like people like real life human people like they have that woman um like flow like from progressive like in the us uh, yeah. and then yeah they, yeah, yeah they, they have um like a whole bunch of different stuff like terry Cruz was like the was like the old spice like mascot for a while yeah all that stuff like all that like there's a lot of this uh which is doesn't it's not to say that it doesn't exist right now it's more so just the fact that like during this period of time especially in like 09 and stuff like that back when i was a kid i used to watch this type of stuff you would see so much stuff that is exactly like this and it just takes me back to that period of time they've got transformers revenge of the fallen in the back that everyone's watching they've got star trek the movie from 2009 nine two. it's like yeah, it's it's a real sort of like uh I was a little kid when this was happening, do you know what I mean? Like so <laughs> I, I vividly remember like swatching all of these and being like, Whoa, like this is really cool, like I'm oh, actually kinda interested in this. Like this is actually really interesting. So yeah, like I I think that they um they were able to cut out a slice of like a somewhat serious seeming but also comedic advertisement that was able to sit in people's minds for a long period of time. Because these felt like adverts for much more serious topics like insurance companies or something like that. But they're speaking about games, and I thought that was very cool. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I feel like the Kevin Butler character uh, does feel very much of the times, like late aughts. Um, I, I guess like people were used to like The Office and stuff, like because uh, you know past mascots were like cartoon characters. know, yeah, like uh, even uh, you know Sagata is uh, played by a, an amazing actor, but he's like a living like manga character. He's larger than life. And then um kevin butler the character is more like a sitcom but um it is very uh yeah he's, he's riffing off of like the corporate world right i think around this time a couple of years into like uh you know the release of the iphone and stuff i think that's when uh corporate uh, culture became very mainstream like it became pretty common to get a peek into it because even the fact that he's vp of like a hundred different things that's funny if you've ever worked at a big company right because uh if it, when you hear vice president, like uh, you might think, oh, vice president of America, there's only one of them, right? But like <laughs> at corporations, there's only one president, but there's like dozens and dozens of, of VPs, right? You, you could be, you really could be a VP of anything at, at a big corporation. I, uh, I
1: can confirm. Uh, uh, I am a VP at my company and there are uh, multiple VPs.
0: <laughs> all right, nice. <laughs> yeah.
1: But but to, yeah, to your point, the 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 term definitely. What well, was also um, used to be a joke, especially with startups. Uh, I don't know. I go. We were sort of guilty of this early on, where like everybody's a CEO or a C level officer at a startup. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> the CEO, the CTO, the whatever. Oh, it sounds yeah. pretty impressive. It's like yeah, all three of us are are the C level officers. You know, you know how <laughs> it goes. Yeah.
2: No, very very cool. Yeah, you are walking um, around being yeah. very important.
1: <laughs> I, I think, uh, actually around this time is, is when also you guys remember, it's not a, it wasn't a, a video game, but there was, there was an advertising campaign that had a similar kind of feel, which was the, the Terry Tate ESPN one where, uh, he would, um, you know, it's the, the dude, I, I, I don't know. I don't think Terry Tate's his actual name. The, uh, the, the actor that's in, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, he would basically just like tackle people in the office. Um,
2: oh, that's not Terry Cruz. That's not Terry Cruz. I, I I know who you're talking about though. I I, I remember this. T- Terry Tate uh, was like, the t- name like, of the tack- character. Terry Tate. Like, Terry, yeah, Terry Tate tackles something. I I remember it was um. There's a bunch of like Terry Tate ads. Yeah. Terry, oh, Terry Tate office linebacker. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, so, so I mean, it's, Richmond's right. This is kind of like uh, the Kevin Butler has that's that that kind of arts like feel. That that this this is very much like maybe like office culture was a thing to be riffed on. That's I think that's what I'm kind of getting of at because um. Because to some degree, a lot of the the Kevin Butler ones were also making fun of the ESPN SportsCenter ads. Like, uh, kind of mm. in like, a very underlying way. Or they would spoof Nike ads and stuff like that. So... Um, <laughs> they weren't really... Like, even though it's not a game ad, so the Terry Tate one, they went pretty crazy with it. Like, Terry Tate tried to run for governor um, in 2003, I think it was. Um, and, and again, like, it wasn't a real... Wasn't a real it wasn't really... He, it was really part of the ad campaign but he actually did try to get on the ballot um in california so uh it was one of those things where they they really like th- this idea of having this main character and s- scaling them into different things uh was always i don't know maybe kind of kind of an uh, early on i don't think you see it much anymore now that i think about it
2: i i love just the fact that just um just to mention this, just to riff off the territory a bit really quickly. I used to be in love with these adverts. I really, really loved watching them. I found them on YouTube a bunch of years ago. Like I you know, like I said last time, like I'm a, I'm a bit of an Ameribou, as people know. So like I'm <laughs> someone who's been yeah, I've been watching like US ads for like a very, very long time. So I actually vividly remember these. But just watching them again, like there was um there was an official like line for the two thousand three like Super Bowl like ad. And he's all, like, tackles some guy who just, who just uh, you know, when you've got like, a coffee machine, obviously, right? And it's a, it's like an old one. So, like, a bunch of coffee in it. Someone, obviously, drinks all the coffee. The bowl is empty. Someone else goes to get that coffee. Now they can't have coffee because the bowl is empty. has have to make some more. So the person's all angry. And the guy that just made that coffee and left, he's, like, kind of just walking around all smugly, like, ha-ha, I got the last coffee. I'm not going to make any more for anyone else. I'm going to sip my coffee. And he's just walking around. And then, like, you just hear, like, increasing in volume footsteps like and then it's like you see this like dude in like a big red jersey just like tackle the absolute crap out of this guy and then just like flattens him <laughs> out just puts him on the ground and then he's all like whoa you can't bring none of that mess in this humpy bumpy you kill the joe you make some mo and i was like oh my god this <laughs> is perfect i love this so much this i is just forgot so cool. about the dialogue like, <laughs> yeah 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 this is this is it Cause, like, I, it's funny because like whilst i was watching that scene i remembered those lines as i was watching it because so i was just like yes like i know it's like when you've heard a song for not heard a song in ages but you still know the lyrics i was like yeah you killed the joe you make some more I, like, I used to love saying that but yeah like yeah it's, it's one of these things where um uh humdrum kind of like office comedy it was a it was a massive deal obviously as you as we'll both know from the uk and the us office and a lot of shows sort of were born oh, out yeah. of that and i think even in terms of newer shows now like abbott elementary for example uh, they're kind of taking a very normal situation as in working in a school and then they're sort of expanding upon all of the miniature mini dramas that exist within those character and you know general personality clashes and smaller dynamics and they're writing comedies out of that and there's a lot of comedy in there as, a, as someone who has like worked in an office before just generally it's just you know it's something which you you might think oh this is kind of like a boring thing but no like there's someone who you sit next to and they've got a certain way of being or there's some office drama about to unfold or just generally like very small little comedic moments that can appear in the, in and around everyday life i think ads like this really hit that on the nail it hit that nail on the head very well but just, so, just sort of loop that back around to the PSRs we were just talking about there, I think that they are kind of, um, they're a really good sort of like measuring like yardstick for how it is that we tie more comedic entertainment into the advertising space. And what do I mean by that? What it is I'm saying is the fact that like, when we see adverts that kind of kind of directly riff off of, you know, general cultural touchstones like the office or like other versions of those similar types of shows, it kind of exists as a sort of a marker in my, in my eyes is like of of history kind of okay, how do we feel about certain things at certain points in certain eras? And I feel that that early 2000s, 2003, 2004, 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009, like that, that kind of, that kind of first like pre 2010 era is very much well-defined by the kind of like the office uh, comedy and I think that that's something which a lot of people will remember when they look at stuff like this because it'll kind of, it'll blast you back to the past a little bit and in in a very good way, I think it's kind of a it's, it's a really well well rounded way of pointing at multiple different things like culturally, and then on top of that they're just, you know, creating a really interesting advert that uh, hits home the, the selling points, or so the, the ISPs per se, of the uh, of the PS3, a little bit of marketing talk for you guys there but yeah, lots of good <laughs> stuff in there
0: Oh man yeah
1: mm-hmm. i I had, I had honestly I remembered this campaign, but I had forgotten about all the dialogue he like throws the guy over over a shelf and he's like, that's long distance Doug <laughs> so,
2: yeah, yeah it's, it's so uh, but, it's so cool
1: but uh, but I know the, we are we ta- we talking about around like how that the comedy formed. I don't know it's, it, it's very interesting. I think it also to circle it back even further, I feel like some of the the more kind of campier cheesy ads that especially we were talking about in the last few episodes. I also feel like they were a product of their time as well, where it was um, advertising needed to be much more, I, I don't know. It needed to kind of really hit you hard with um, f- like, like spectacle. And I, I don't know if I'm describing it well, but I, I remember that it used to be that like uh, when you first started advertising, it was very much about this layer of clever wordplay or interplay with the concept and it had to kind of hit you once and usually it ended up making it much cheesier or cornier or or just having it be much more over the top because like you had a lot less time to deliver the message um and i feel like uh, as it as it became more of a pervasive medium they you know advertising had to get a, a you know a bit more nuanced in terms of how it actually addressed uh You know comedy and stuff like that although i don't know looking back at some of the old ones they're they still hold up pretty well
2: of course oh man well do you know what here's a nice little segue for you guys okay so do you know what else holds up really really well all right so there are a lot of different ad campaigns that existed throughout the world many many different ones some of my favorites have been nintendo focus so i'm gonna dive into a couple of those right now but i want to show you guys one of the strangest things that i've seen in a minute okay so imagine zelda imagine zelda we're going to be speaking about the majora's mask ad for zelda it's basically i think i think it was called what was it? it's like zelda tv or zelda radio i think zelda radio yeah but in this ad it's oh, it's so so strange so imagine um like found footage almost of this uh, of, of this guy and he's basically running around the world and it seems as if everything's post-apocalyptic in a sense but it's really just, like, the sort of the, the consequences and effects of different people, like, counting down and playing uh, Zelda Maduro's Mask. Like, as time goes on, like, just different people have different reactions. And they're watching this guy be like, hey, why are you recording and stuff? But he's talking like, hey, if you're listening. Just make sure that you know that like i was here and like every... <laughs> and he's just like oh i'm not sure how to say this but like this is going to be really tough and there's not a lot of time left and as you can see like time uh, on the actual um advert itself like time is counting down so it says like oh 50 hours remaining 43 hours remaining 30 hours remaining 20 hours remaining and it keeps on going down further and further and further and it's absolutely amazing just thinking about the ways in which like they've actively sort of made this sort of fun children's game into this sort of like found footage like horror ad campaign kind of. It's really it's really odd just to imagine this in terms of what I'm saying. But yeah, like they're just into they're just into splicing different cuts from Zelda Majora's mask. But funnily enough though, like the whole point of that game is in essence you want to be trying to stop the what was it? it's like stopping the moon right from like falling and stuff right like like that I believe. But yeah, like you wanna be trying to do that. But like they're sort of putting that into this ad itself. But without it actually being like the moon's muscle like when the game's going to be arriving and stuff (laughs) but yeah like i I think it's just really really interesting the ways in which they've been able to effectively put and posit so many interesting and important parts like of the game itself but they've also mixed it up like genre wise and they've given it you know a a really specific type of a found footage flavor that you wouldn't necessarily pair with a game like this or with you know a general ad campaign because honestly like it feels like it's for something else entirely like what it is, it feels like it would be like a trailer for like a horror movie or something like that. Yeah, I really like it. You know,
1: you know, I would almost say that it was referencing Cloverfield, except this came out like Way ten before. years before Cloverfield. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I, well,
0: yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 feel like this ad is again very much of the times, like a very Y two K. Like, um, I think uh, la- last a couple podcasts ago we talked oh, about the yeah. Chris, the Chris Cunningham mental wealth. Campaign where again it was just very weird like kind of artsy like uh you know like the the Majora's Mask uh, campaign that that feels like uh some kind of gritty uh art film you know it, it feels like a uh, pie right like that 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 mm-hmm. that early uh, Darren Aronofsky movie like that that put him on the map it's got this really like paranoid feeling to it like it's it's got this uh intensity to it and it, it you know, it's like it, it's for a Nintendo game, but it makes you feel like you're watching like this weird thriller. Um, but mm-hmm. but it actually captures the the feeling of doom uh, present in that game too. It's actually a very very representative ad in a way.
2: Absolutely absolutely yeah. uh, it's one of these it's one of these things which kind of again it reminds me of a a post-apocalyptic scene because like they, they all start with like you're listening to radio zelda and it's just like wow <laughs> like he's really kind of like out there and he's actively you know trying to survive in this in this post-apocalyptic like sounding scene and there's different uh emergency vehicles being like interspersed as well you've got like fire engines and like police cars and like ambulances like in the background and lots of sirens and again like the ways in which like it's being recorded it feels as if like they're constantly you know moving and running away from place to place to place and they're always constantly on the move like different clips of people being recorded they feel and seem as though everything's kind of you know on edge like on a knife's edge like a bit stressful and well, that's one of the things yeah. which I liked about this the most, just the fact that like they kind of capture not just like a physical type of like stress in terms of like the rushing and the motion of the sirens and the commotion with the cars, but like it feels unnerving. Like even just watching the countdown timer, you know, get lower and lower and lower as more time elapses. Like it's it's done so not just in like a short period of minutes, it's done so like in hours. So it's like you're thinking now, okay, we have like 72 hours before like something happens or whatever, and it goes down to 64. And then fifty nine, and then fifty one, and then forty three. They draw, and, and it just counts down lower and lower and lower, and it just it just really amps up that tension as you're watching. And I think that only his hushed tones they sort of like counter that as well in a really interesting way, as if he's like resigned himself to like the fate of something occurring once the count reaches zero. Like there's nothing he can do about it. Like. I also love the fact that he says like it's Radio Zelda. We should like take some calls, and I was just like, yeah, like radio stations like they do that, yeah, like they they, they take call, they take calls, people call in, like hey, you know, first time, long time, like all that stuff, like yeah, all all that stuff, like yeah, I've uh I've I've definitely heard a lot of that in different um in different shows myself and different different radio shows, so yeah, I, I I like it, it's it's really good, it's a really good yeah. one.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it it, it speaks to um. Uh, what Sean brought up earlier and sort of a running theme in our, our talks is like, uh, it's sort of like, it, it reflects how the um, median uh, maturity level of your average gamer like kind of had been increasing over time by then. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, in, in the year 2000 when this came out, I think you would have been selling not to parents, but to uh, people uh, in, in, in their 20s, right? or maybe entering Absolutely. their thirties who've been gaming, you know, forever. Now they, they, they got their first or second job now. Uh, and also um, you're appealing to kids who like want this taste of like, they're getting a taste of the adult world here. Right. Like, cause this is like, Oh, this isn't Zelda. It isn't blue skies. It's like, you know, adult paranoia. It's like a rated R thriller that you're not exactly. supposed to watch. Yeah
2: exactly i just want to just want to hit home one more point here like there, there's a caller that actually does call in like a, a young woman and um the guy's like oh hello like are you there and she's like yeah yeah i'm there i'm there And he's like "Oh, okay okay and then like they get into a little conversation but like there's always there's, there's, there's like, a hurry in like her voice and like she sounds as if she's very distressed but then she says like mom like i love you and like dad i miss you and it's just like Damn, like yeah, that that's like you know like a final like goodbye type call. Just you know, it's like that's not somebody who is saying those things for like no reason. Like again, it's like the world that's posited here is the fact that like that's what's posited here is that the world is about to go through some kind of like radical shift, change slash end, and people would be calling into places if they could, I suppose, or trying to call loved ones or just trying to get the message out that like you know that they love their loved ones. And I think it's one of these things which I feel is very very important. I think it's just nice to see that such a level of like um of care and like human you know like em- emotion and just like that empathy is like in there too and i think it's just yeah it's very very odd to see this in a Majora's Mask advert that's for sure I don't just the ways in which they've included so many shots of like just deserted streets and just you know more fire engines rushing around and yeah it's just very very um jarring but then like at the same time kind of like wholesome kind of as well like there's, a, there's like a nice like undertone to it if you, if you think about what the people are doing but then it's also mm. like a little bit chilling as well if that makes sense but yeah yeah yeah
0: and it totally totally actually in line with the actual game because that, that was a creepy uh, game
2: yeah right exactly yeah,
0: yeah. It, it was uh unusually uh scary for for a zelda game uh at the time yeah
2: yeah I, I just love it because it's like they're saying stuff like i hope that kid wins like i really do and it's like <laughs> yeah like this is basically like what would this this is basically like these people's reactions to like the actual you know event of that game they just being like oh damn like i really hope that this like child like saves us all was if not we're all going to be you know like destroyed by <laughs> like the moon crashing into the earth and then the yeah. yeah like people would be calling in like oh yeah i really hope that this kid does it because like I'm not trying to die like I don't want to I don't want to yeah. be crushed by like the moon or like, destroyed what, in the what, what,
0: explosion. A, what a great way to hype up the game because they don't even show, show link and but it's mm-hmm. like building your anticipation for the game because they're essentially talking about you you know the player like you you are the person they're talking about in in the commercial
2: yeah, I love oh, it. Sweet. It says like, if you're listening, hang in there. I know you have got the weight of the weight of the world on your shoulders, but like, hang in there. And then, as they're saying that, they have this beautiful shot of like this like couple like hugging, kind of like again, like it's kind of like a like a very trusting, like loving, like embrace. But it's just like, wow, it's just very uh very touching, very touching indeed.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, okay, I I I want to uh, tie this into um, another ad. That I really like. That that it's. I feel like it's very relevant. A nice uh, counterpoint, or or really I I don't know. Like a couplet to this one. So I, I just posted in our chat. Uh, this is a classic commercial uh, for uh, Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past, to the the Japanese campaign for it. Um, so uh, that game would have come out in 1991, uh, I think. And this is the um, the famous. It's 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 the Zelda rap. It's. It's a totally live action commercial. Um, it looks like a stage play kind of, and you, you have like um, character, you know, all, all these actors uh, dressed up as the various uh, characters in the game, and they're doing this amazing choreographed dance together. And yeah, it's it's led by, um, uh, you know, Link, uh, some some a, a, a obviously professional dancer playing uh, Link. Mm-hmm leading the dance in there in a triangle shape like the triforce and it's got that awesome you know 90s stage lighting and the uh uh yeah you know, of course you need the uh, the dry ice for the um the mist effect and uh at, at one point the actress playing link even does his classic like charge up spin attack and um mm-hmm. i i just love it because it's so fun and they have like a whole song for it and I love how sincere it is because it's, it's quintessentially very silly, right? It's, it's, they're, they're, they're doing like, you know, um, like, a, 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 a rap song to promote a video game, but they do it with utter conviction. Like, like you don't feel like anyone's in on the joke you feel like they're trying to make it as good as possible. <laughs> and, um, I don't know, like. I just love that. I love the sincerity of it. Same thing that I loved about the, um, you know, the Cigarra Sancho ads. And uh, I, I think it's real interesting to watch this now because like, I think, um, if you showed someone this ad. Uh, Is,
2: you, there are parts of this, uh, I was going to mention this video. Oh yeah, good.
0: Hello. AJ, are you there?
1: Are you muted?
0: You there, Adam?
2: Technical that troubles. Arrowhead so to speak. Like oh, sir. he's so cool. Hey, oh,
0: what was that? Sorry, you, you cut out for like a couple seconds there.
2: Oh, sorry, sorry. That sorry. But yeah. Um just part of this uh they remind it reminds me so much of um the thriller music video, like Michael Jackson's yeah. Thriller. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I I was thinking that as well,
1: yeah, especially the mist and the the synchronized dance, yeah.
2: With the mist and, like, the way that the light's behind them and the the way that they're dancing in that arrowhead-type formation, and also, like, some of the moves that they're doing as well, sort of, like, the sort of, like, low sitting stance, like, body a bit lower down, like, arms out, like, shuffling forward, shuffling left, shuffling right, like, it's very, very cool, I quite quite enjoy that, yeah. It it could have been been an an homage.
1: Thrower is, like, 86 or 87, right?
2: Uh, oh yeah,
1: think, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. I think it will, it will have been, it will have been around that period of time. I believe. Yeah. Thriller was like
0: mid '80s, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I but well, something that I think what Richmond said is is also true of Thriller is that even though it's it's meant to be have a little bit of cheesiness to it, it's played very straight. It's it's yeah. it's played with absolute sincerity. Like if you go back and watch Thriller, <laughs> like it, like Michael Jackson's performance and the approach to it, it's not trying to be funny exactly. It it is. It, it, it's kind of it's somewhat self-aware but it I think the reason it stands up so well is that it, it's it's sincere and to the point Richmond said also the dancing is very complicated it's uh, they make it look easy but it's a very technical synchronized dance something that I don't know as I gotten older I've really come to appreciate things like that where I'm like wow this took so much work and so much professionalism and skill to do this well like they like it seems easy it's easy to watch right but um. Those things take a lot of rehearsing and a lot of uh choreography and planning.
0: Yeah. Uh, mm. thriller uh the song was 82 and then I think the music video was 84 85 84 yeah yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Jan yeah. Jan, Jan yeah. this is a it says from the album released on uh, November 30th 1982 and then releases a single on January 23rd
1: 1984. Yeah. Ah, nice. Wow. so it's even okay. older than I thought. I thought it was like yeah. 86. So so yeah. that that yeah. video is older than than me. <laughs> yeah the video is
0: almost exactly as old as me uh, <laughs> um, so i i think uh looking at the, the the zelda uh dance i think it was actually inspired by something a little closer that is the uh the prince bat dance so if oh. you recall, 1989 the fir- the 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 uh, first tim burton batman movie uh pretty much a lot of people consider it the first 90s movie right that that to me that batman movie kicked off the nineties. oh i forgot
1: about this video <laughs> and, and a lot
0: of people forget that um prince did a whole concept album for that movie he did a whole batman themed album and he did this amazing music video where he's dressed up like half joker half batman and um so i what okay i think this commercial and Uh, the bat dance, the Prince, you know, concept album and stuff. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting to see uh, what people thought about it at the time, what people thought about it afterwards versus now. Cause I think, um, Mm. I think at the time, a lot of people thought like, oh, this is like silly. Right. And then for many years afterwards, people were like, oh, that's like, I can't believe Prince, you know, maybe they thought like, oh, he sold out or like, oh, it was just so dumb. It was so crass and commercial. Right. But then like, give it you know enough time passes where people are like what the hell were we thinking like that was really silly and fun and he really tried to make it sound good like there was this sincerity to it that um i think i don't know if for those of you who remember living through the 90s uh in the 90s it was supposed to be cool to be kind of like disenchanted and um almost insincere (laughs) even like, people were afraid to be, like, really um, vulnerable, right? Sincere to the point of vulnerability, right? So so I think people wanted to distance themselves from things like that. And, like, I think if you showed someone the Zelda commercial in the 90s or even the early 2000s, people uh, out, you know, in, in, in the Western Anglophone world, they'd be like, oh, you know, lol, Japan, it's so weird. But I feel like if you show it to a young person now, they'd just be like, oh, that's fun, Right. Which yeah. is just exactly the point of the marshal. It's like things have circled back to like, well, obviously it's really fun. Right? Well, like why wouldn't Why wouldn't you want to enjoy thirty seconds of like these this well produced video of people dressed up as the Zelda characters doing like this cool dance, and then at the at the end you see a giant Ganon puppet like come out, you know, and just well, fill up the screen.
1: Well, real real quick, I wanted to take us on a quick tangent that I just made a couple sure. connections while thinking about this that. I, I think is all related to what we're talking about, but I think this will be. I don't even know how I made these connections, but I just realized it. Okay, so, um, we you we were talking about. I had forgotten about Bat dance. when I was watching this. I was like, oh, yeah. it reminds me of something, and my yeah. mind went to you know it kind of reminds me of Wild Wild West a little bit. And <laughs> and, and, and okay, there's oh, actually I I, fig- I just figured this out. There's actually a connection here, which is super weird to me. So I was I was looking really? back and I was like, actually. Ah, Batdance dance is really cool and i was like man this movie was actually pretty good the tim burton batman and um so i i looked it up just to see like who else worked on it and so it's produced by john peters and if you guys have ever watched anything about kevin smith talking about stuff that you know experiences he's had he kind of talks about how kooky john peters is as a producer um anyway john peters is also the producer on wild wild west <laughs> And oh, I feel really? like there's no way that there is it's a coincidence that these two like semi campy over the top films you know had an advertising campaign that starred like a music sensation in like this synchronized dance uh campy foggy type of like video thing anyway, I just noticed <laughs> that I wanted to tell everybody about it so well,
2: absolutely yeah, That's and, like a and, it's like and, a
1: calling yeah. card yeah yeah,
0: yeah. I just want to say real quick. I mean, Will Smith did the theme song for Wild Wild West, of course. But even before that, he did the theme song for Men in Black, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then even before that, he did the theme song for The Fresh Prince. Right? So he <laughs> he is the king of uh, starring in something and then also like doing the 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 silly but sincere theme song
1: to it. With a Absolutely. with a, a synchronized dance number, of course.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 to, to wrap it all the way back to the beginning, Hiroshi Fujioka also sung the theme song for Sigata Sanchiro and Common Writer. So this is a theme we got running through this whole show today. Just Well, oh, he he just, sung
1: the theme for Common Rider as well.
0: Uh yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, oh, he, he was a singer. song. multi-talented man. Yeah
2: gosh that's so cool
1: (laughs) there's also a theme like that all this stuff is like goofy and campy but it's also sincere there there is really an elements of i don't know craftsmanship and really like trying very very hard to execute these things well even though they're they're kind of goofy on their face and i don't know i think that makes them more timeless as well like that's why kind of you look back at them and you're like wow this is still really fun to watch and it's because like the the creators uh we're really putting a lot of effort into it, like putting a lot of sincere effort into doing it well. Absolutely. Yeah, I, there's a lot of care I, in there. Yeah.
2: yeah,
0: I think sincerity ages a lot better than uh, irony.
1: You know, mm-hmm. I can definitely yeah. get a lot. that.
2: That yeah. makes sense. There's a kind of um. Sorry, I just want to just go in on a couple of things here, which I didn't mm-hmm. get to mention last time. But um, there's a real there's a real playfulness that I feel is kind of like missing from like ads now obviously with with regard to so many different like world events like with so so, much that has changed like yeah like i can understand that but i mean like looking at ads like this for example a random one, for the uh, Game Boy Color, like, that came out, like, a long, a long time ago there. So, no, sort of the Game Boy Pocket, sorry. But, like, you can get it in different colors. But, um, yeah, like, there's just a bunch of, like, tongues, like, on, like, a kind of, like, a wall, like, of flesh. Like, over just a bunch of mouths. And it's, like, you have a yellow one, like, a gray one, a red one, a black one, like, a sort of, like, a clear, like, a clear one, and then a green one. And it's, like, Game Boy Pocket, now in six tasty colors. And it's just, like, wow. Like, you wouldn't see anything like this today. Like, you really wouldn't. It's just very, very, um, very, very interesting just to see that, that they would be so open and, like, free with respect to how it is that they wanted to posit the idea of just getting those calls across. Like, you would think now... They would just have like really high production close-up shots like of those colors of those yeah. different pockets in different colors and stuff and they would be turned perfectly towards the camera it'd be like a nice like aesthetically pleasing like shot of, of each of them and then a bunch of them together stuff like that but like they wouldn't be represented by like tongues on like a giant unidentifiable and unidentifiable like flesh wall and like the <laughs> tongues are all kind of gross looking and green and yellow but, and like clear like yeah it's just, it just wouldn't happen today but it's, it's interesting yeah. just to think about how it is that they posited yeah. getting those ideas across
1: yeah. this ad specifically is one that it looks more weird the longer you look at it
2: <laughs>
1: that, yeah exactly I, exactly i
0: i i love that you pointed out the weirdest part isn't even the colored tongues it's it's they're all connected to the same living wall yeah, that's, what of, expanses, that's what gets me. That's what gets me.
2: Black and Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, they they did the same. They, the same exact thing happened. I'm gonna put in one more image. But the same exact thing happened again with um with the Game Boy. uh This wasn't the Pocket Game, was it? No, this was just the actual regular Game Boy. That was it. Yeah. But well, they had this thing where it's like Play It Loud, like series underneath. It was like Game Boy Play It Loud in this like really sort of like vibrant red font, and um. Yeah, they have just different colours, and they've got one that's, which is for the black one, it's play it black. For the for the red one, it's play it red. For the yellow one, it's play it yellow. For the green one, it's play it green, and for the clear one, it's play it clear. But sure. the point of but the point of the ad is that each of the people, there, there are different people that have different corresponding um, Game Boys like on their head, or where they're or on top of their hair, and obviously each colour corresponds to the person's hair. So you've got one guy that like looks like Neo, <laughs> like you're on the on the left. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you if you picture like a neo looking guy with like you might oh, this is kind of a, a it looks like a, a discount
1: a... Keanu Reeves, yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Imagine like yeah, I, as some people might say great value Keanu Reeves. You know what I'm saying a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's one of the, yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's kind of like the guy kind of looks like someone else, but they kind of try to make it that way. I think, but yeah, you've got you've got him with the black one on his head they've got a woman with vibrant bright red hair and she has one on her head and and half of her face is kind of in darkness she's kind of like turned to the side a little bit they've got like a like a black man with bright yellow hair just smiling with these with these yellow reflective glasses on and he's just having a whale of a time just just living his life very happily you've got like a very edgy sort of like punk looking fellow with like of with bright shot green hair and he's got like a worker like a chain on and he's making a face where he's kind of like i don't know he feels as if he's kind of a a bit like a like not angry but he's like as if he's like mocking something already like he like feels a like he's johnny feels like mid kind of
0: expression yeah exactly johnny rotten yeah, type
2: yeah, yeah. vibes yeah, yeah yeah, absolutely manchester black johnny rotten type vibes very like punk 90s early 2000s type of guy he, he feels like he's like, he, like he's in the middle of telling off it type of sen- type of guy <laughs> he's shouting something mid-sentence and you've got a woman with a very like stoic looking look on her face and she's just very like calm and serene and on top of her head she doesn't have any hair so her hair's just cut and she just has um, a bald head and she has the uh play it clear logo beneath her and that's again kind of oh, yeah. referencing the fact uh, that she's the only one without hair there i just, wanted to, do, there. There, I just right wanted to cool. mention
1: i had that that clear the, the game boy clear after oh nice and i had upgraded from the gray game boy and i thought it was the coolest thing in the world.
2: Yeah, exa- exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like there's a, there was a kind of like it was um it was consoles like as a status symbol or as an expression of personality. Like, that's just what I'm kind of getting at here. It's like they were not just like a thing which you played. They were yours. They say like what color is yours? Like play it loud, like show some style, like in your own image. It says here literally, like your game your colour Game Boy advertisement can approach the subject from any angle, but the medium is like a print ad. They're trying to make like you. Um they're trying to they're trying to make sure that you yourself can sort of see yourself like in an uh and in, in, not just in an ad but like in the sort of way that they want you to to express yourself through these colors do you know what i mean it's like what color is like your game boy what does it say about you like who are you as a person and what is going to be said Buy that via your game, like Game Boy Choice. Like that's, I just think that's so interesting. I think that um, we, we do have this now, especially with respect to like you know like the wave of people trying to get PS5s, for example. If you got one in time, you were kind of considered like, oh wow, it's, it's kind of cool. Like wow, you're on the cutting edge a little bit. You got a PS5 when everyone's trying to get one. Nice, it's very cool. But like this, that's kind of like a, a thing of like necessity, right? Like who can get one? that's a limited supply. This was different. This is kind of like, okay, who are you as a person? And like, what does the color say about who it is that you are? Your stylistic choices, your fashion sense, like your outlook on the world. Like that's kind of what it is that they're going for. And I think that's very, very interesting. Yeah. It's
0: fun to point out. They're definitely going for a Sinead O'Connor book for
1: the- I, uh, the I was lady. I was just commenting. They all kind of look a little bit like, like um, the red one, it looks kind of like Mia Jovovich from Fifth Element. Like, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, not quite. And then, like, uh, yeah. I kind of what what uh, Richmond was saying with the the one with the clear. Like, they're all. I don't. I, I doubt that it's intentional, but they they definitely all do kind of have a, a vaguely like well known act, actor feel to them, but not quite. Like, they're kind of iconic. Maybe that's why. Like some possibly.
2: Very, very possibly. I just think it's really interesting the ways in which like they deposited the idea of okay, like your choice in our product says a lot about who you yeah. are. Like well, the the color here is like I, your decision. Yeah. Like what's your color? Like it's cool.
0: You know this um, this totally predates uh, like the iPod. Uh, you know ad mm-hmm. campaigns where it's like oh individuality, what color do you want? Yes. Right, like totally prescient of like. Oh what what phone do you want? What color phone? What pattern and make and build? Like, Absolutely. Oh, wow. I, like I, Nintendo I think, was really ahead of their time.
1: Yeah, I think that well, especially like even now like self-expression as a as a value within products is becoming a bigger and bigger thing because I think as the as we've gone into the advent of mass-produced products, right? Um kind of the trade-off you had with a mass-produced product was that it's not customizable, right? <laughs> You're getting the mm-hmm. same thing and and i think as as the industries have gotten more complex and they've kind of found that yeah people want a mass produced product but they want it to say something about themselves um you can even see a lot of that in like uh in like the sneaker industry right or um, it, but i i think to your point this kind of shows how ahead of their time nintendo was cuz this is just now within the last probably decade or two becoming something that's really important within product development um this is way before that absolutely
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just for, and also for just context add as well.
2: Oh, good. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You you got it. Yeah.
0: Oh, sure. Thanks. Um. So, like for context, the 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 big Apple campaign from that year was the. Uh, so it was nineteen ninety five. Uh, they had an ad campaign called Power Is, and uh, you know they they were leaning on actual celebrities. You know, so like like real uh, uh maverick individualistic celebrities like Hunter S. Thompson, Spike Lee, you know, uh, George Clinton. Um, but, mm-hmm. but they were leaning into celebrity power. Like, the, these are these prestigious people, right? And they use our products, so you should too. Uh, whereas Nintendo was just going full on, like, well, what do you like, right? Like, which one are you going to choose? And mm-hmm. power is in your hands to determine, you know, like, it, this is just a reflection of who you are, right? That, that was very, very different approach to, especially for video game ads. Absolutely. Uh.
2: Mm-hmm. That, that's, what, that's one thing which I was going to mention as well, because it's just the fact that, like, what it is that they've given you in terms of choice, like, in terms of, okay, in that advert there where it says play it loud, that's five different options that you have. But, like, that doesn't sound like a lot, but they're very specifically, they've, they've made it as if, like, these choices are so, you know, like, it feels as if they're so important, as if they're so uh, meaningful. And it's just like, no, it's just like five colours. Oh. It's like, it's the same thing. But it's just given to you five different times, and they feel so different, just in terms of you know, play it black, play it red, play it yellow, play it clear, like play it green. Like they all feel as if they've got their own different, you know, whole ways of being like about them. And especially, I think that's especially um, well conveyed by the by the emotions on the faces of each of each actor and actress as well. I think that's very uh, interesting, just the ways in which that's that says a lot about. Um, mm-hmm so that, that's a whole of the mean about you know what he say about society type stuff but i mean yeah it's a it's very interesting just given how it is that we face so many issues that stem from this you know this ideal right like you can have so many different versions of the same thing but what is it doing to actively like fulfill you and your life and stuff and that's a wider uh, conversation with respect to you know mass uh, production and the <laughs> marketing of that and how it is that that fits into our daily life and stuff especially in the advent of you know the modern day uh, subscription like era and how it is that we ingest our media, but that's a whole other topic. But yeah, like this is really cool. I think that this is a really nice uh, and well put together ad, and I'm definitely somebody who is always interested in this kind of uh, sort of like in your face type uh, marketing. And I'm and plus again, I just love the I love the period of time this is from. Like I wasn't uh, I wasn't uh, a, I wasn't an adult then, so I, I I couldn't take it in or anything else like that. But like I, I would love to see an ad like this like now. It'd be cool. Yeah.
0: I, I, okay, real, real quick tangent just to build on top of this. Sean, you mentioned you had the uh, Game Boy, uh, the clear one, right? The Game yeah, Boy yeah. Lite. Mm-hmm. I just remembered in in Japan when they released the clear Game Boy. I, this is amazing. Um, they had, they had the, the box art was done by uh, uh, this, this amazing low brow erotic artist named Rockin' Jelly Bean. Um, one of my all-time favorite artists he, he's he's known for his like really crazy like rockabilly aesthetic um he's a Japanese artist but he's, he's very much inspired by like classic you know American like California culture like hot rods like 1950s Americana kind of stuff and um uh he, he's very much uh, like a th- there's an actual art movement called lowbrow right? And that that, that comes out of, it's sort of a reaction to this idea that, like, all gallery art should be, you know, high class and, like, uh, you know, the domain of, like, wealthy people and tastemakers. And Lowbrow was uh, trying to take art back to, like, uh, folk art, you know, hot rod art. It was just whatever the hell people wanted to airbrush on their cars, right? And uh, Rockin' Jellybean uh, really embodies this aesthetic. He just does crazy stuff. It's usually, like, sexy ladies and, uh, you know, like crazy situations. Sometimes he'll do like fake movie posters for, you know, like crazy exploitation films that don't exist or like he's done lots of album covers and stuff, but, um, his art's usually very adult. And it's so funny to me that like Nintendo was like, oh yeah, yeah. We'll get that guy (laughs) to do like Hmm. the Game Boy box art. (laughs) Like, why not? Like what a wild time. The, the 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 90s. They just kind of anything goes then.
2: That, that's, that's true. It really was anything goes. Like, yeah. anything goes. It, it really is interesting.
0: Yeah. All right. Oh, okay. 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 What are we talking about next?
1: You can okay, take okay. Us on, I, and... I already did
2: uh, one. But I want Sean to go. Yeah.
1: Okay. I'm going to take us on a very different tangent, but it's actually... Uh, so it's a, a bit more in modern games, but I actually think it's really fun oh, yeah. and important to yeah. talk about. So I actually want to talk about um, a set of trailers that that are, are kind of like defining of the, not the immediate modern era, but um, actually a specific director. Are you all familiar with uh, Joseph Kaczynski?
0: Uh, no. Oh. Okay, uh, okay I so,
1: so uh, and I, I mentioned this, this before the podcast, so um, what he's probably most well-known for or he's probably not well-known among the gaming community, but he's actually, like, a prolific trailer director. And I would argue that he's actually invented uh, kind of the, what I would say is maybe the the kind of mid-2000s, like, standard for this idea of adult trailers. So he's most well-known for directing the Mad World Gears of War commercial uh, for Gears of War 3. Uh, so it's like he was uh, one of the... Uh, and there's mm. also a, a fun tangent about how uh, he also directed the Starry Night trailer for Halo Three, which is the the iconic one where it's got Master Chief with the shields um, and the kid watching. Um, but then oh, further, he's also won awards for the Assassin's Creed Unity trailer for best effects. And then, you guys remember the the Destiny Become Legend live action trailer? Um, where oh, I don't think so. Um, so so I'll I'll link all the his things, but but he's got this kind of uh, he 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 popularized this this aesthetic um, of applying kind of a modern like melancholy music to game footage uh, that I think kind of added an air of maturity in like uh, a, a you know oh my god oh yeah, yeah
0: this guy defined game and movie ads to this day. They're still doing mm-hmm. this today. This is like still the standard. Yeah, and oh, so my
1: goodness. and also like a fun thing. Did you also know that he directed yeah. Tron Legacy? And he's the director of the upcoming Top Gun Maverick movie. <laughs> oh damn. Uh it, but this is like one of these like unsung uh, like influencers of uh so anyway, I just I wanted to mention because like I I exactly what Richmond said. His his style has been so defining and yet. I feel like if you're not an artist or a visual effects person, you may never have heard his name. So um that that was uh and I would say to, to Richmond's point, he's kinda led to I think the best example of something that he didn't direct, but he influenced would be uh pretty well known the uh, you guys remember the Modern Warfare 2 trailer that was set to M&M's Till I Collapse?
2: Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That that's also I think like again, he didn't direct it and it's also not nearly as well done like it uh, but it, it's kind of like you know got us into this era of setting modern music uh against like and it's not just game footage like if you look at all of these trailers that we're talking about that the ones that uh joseph kaczynski is known for the starry night mad world uh mm-hmm. unity destiny become legend right all of them are specifically shot and directed for the commercial like the Gears of War one is in engine the Unity one is is rendered 3D uh Starry Knight is also rendered 3D from Halo uh Become Legend is like a a weird like live action 3D thing um but anyway it's like they're all like they, they have kind of a um I don't know they have kind of a not, not a maturity to it because that's not quite right but it has this uh it takes like a different approach to game media than i think had been done before at this point it's well, become normal uh, they, they were more
2: cinematic in a sense and i think that they took themselves not in such not 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 in a mature like sense specifically but i think that they took themselves more seriously and they applied other techniques commonly found in other areas of cinematic media that weren't necessarily shown in game trailers before not that it didn't exist obviously but like they were utilizing different types of shot and different types of angle and just the general composition of like something to watch and they were doing that in a specific type of a way that was so not shocking but like so attention grabbing to people and also like you said it sort of did evoke a little bit of that sort of more serious tone that is what drew people in and made it so memorable so i definitely get what you mean yeah
0: yeah I I think his biggest innovation would was actually that uh these were essentially short films original short films made to promote the games using the game assets so um you know it wasn't like pre-rendered and not giving you a a, a real idea of the tone uh, so I I, I I that was his real innovation is that it wasn't before like you know even we talked about the Final Fantasy VII campaign where it showed uh, how cinematic the game was it prevent, presented it very seriously right That was a big deal. But this took it a step farther. They created original footage, right? It wasn't spliced Mm -hmm. together. It was made just for this. And then I will say the tone that he struck was he was like, it was like he's trying to win an Oscar, right? Mm -hmm. It was like, look at this Oscar winning game. (laughs) Uh,
1: I uh, I think AICP is actually... Awarded, given him multiple awards for his trailers. So. Well, okay. and, and also you can right. tell, like, uh, a lot of these are expensive as well because Destiny Become Legend was set to Immigrant Song, which I can't imagine was a particularly cheap song to <laughs> mm-hmm. to oh, license, man. right? Yeah. Um, I mean,
0: anything Led Zeppelin that's right. like got to be as expensive as like the Beatles, right? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think yeah, they, I, they cheated will... a little bit. Like, they used covers of songs, but it's still, you got to license the song.
0: So I I, I think you can. Draw a straight line from um, the the Mad World uh, Gears of War trailer to the modern trend of any blockbuster movie taking an old song, typically from the '90s now, and then making like a gritty orchestral serious cover of it. Yeah, you know, like like yep. most recently the uh, the 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 Robert Pattinson Batman movie, right? They took in yes, Nirvana song, yes, yes, right. But so he got it he got it from donnie darko so really it was donnie darko that kicked all this off yeah if you'll recall his he used the cover of the song mad world which was like a 80s you know uh, um, uh, uh, tears for fears yeah 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 for donnie darko which i think came out in what like 2001. Um, they did, uh, you know, this like slow, very dramatic um, uh, kind of like acoustic cover of it, uh, and and that that was sort of the the trend at the time, right? Taking this, uh, you know, this new wave song has like this kind of popish intensity to it, and then they slow it down, and it's like super serious. I think this is around the time Johnny Cash did like his uh, his 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 uh, album the covers too, and he covered the Nine Inch Nails song, like mm-hmm. similar. Yep, yep. Similar thing, right? So so it was like by slowing it down, making it acoustic, it made it even sadder, and it felt like even more real, and there's a weird element of prestige to it, and it felt very fresh. And then a couple of years later, he pulled that into Gears of War. And then uh, I'd say right after Gears of War, that was around when um, even the the Return of the King, the Lord of the Rings trailer, that used a song from Requiem for a Dream, <laughs> Uh, not quite the same thing. It wasn't a pop song, but again, they were like, "Oh, this was this really dramatic song for this other thing." In this case, another movie, and then they re-recorded it for their prestige trailer. So, I, I, it, yeah. What, I what's crazy the, to
1: me is it, it feels like this just happened, but that trailer was 15 years ago. <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, but we're we're still we're still swimming in it. Like yeah. we have not moved beyond <laughs> that. Yeah. So I
1: don't know. I don't know for our listeners if so if you. If you don't like this style of advertising, Joseph Kaczynski, you can blame him. <laughs> it's <his fault>. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say
0: it. It felt fresh at the time.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, no, it it did. I I think uh, part of why he won so many awards for for all these things and all these like mate like major major franchises, and I, I think a lot of people would also tell you that um, it was it, it kind of gets gets to the core of like. It's something we were talking about in advertising with games where it's not about like the features or what's in the game it's about like how it makes you feel and does it make you get excited to play it and i think the reason that for instance the like even though like i've never really been that big big of a fan of uh, destiny the destiny become legend trailer is also i think for a dlc by the way i don't think it was for the original game uh it, it's the i think the usage of these songs and like the synchronization to the footage and really directing it for the commercial, rather than just showing game footage, it's very good at not kind of just showing you the game out of context, and it makes you makes you want to play it. Like even you can watch the become legend or most people will be like, "Damn, this looks awesome!" <laughs> like, <laughs> it, and it doesn't really tell you anything about the game to be honest with you. Um, that's something that I noticed with a lot of these things is that a lot of his trailers similar to some of the iconic ones that we talked about they don't really care at all about educating you ed- educating you about the product or about the game or or anything like even the gears of war trailer the mad world one if you watch that trailer you would have no idea what the game's about um like you can you can kind of pick off all of these uh different scenes and like artistic elements that kind of the melancholy of it but you wouldn't you wouldn't know what the game was about like it was all about communicating like an energy and a feel uh, of the game and i think that's kind of what took off i think a lot more people respond to that than you know here's a bunch of cuts of the game here's what it you know
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think that's really cool it's it's nice to always see where you know just where things come from and just you were looking at in in essence one of the one of the uh, the forefathers of like current like game advertisement because I can't tell you how many different game ads have that same type of a vibe like just to even close that area of the conversation out very quickly. Um, there was one of these which was uh, Assassin's Creed like three like there was a trailer for this game and of course this was back in the time of one very special song. This was a radioactive like Imagine Dragons. Like, as people will know, Uh, that song was very popular for a long period of time. And people still use that even today. And Imagine Dragons are still uh, relatively, well, not relatively, they're still popular, like, in terms of, like, what it is that they do, the music they
1: they make. They did the
2: theme song for Arcane. I was just going to mention that. You'll you'll, you'll hear, yeah, you'll hear, like, some of that music in in Arcane, like the TV show uh, on Netflix uh, currently still. And uh, yeah, um, also shout out Evan Montero, uh, character on that, absolute badass guy. But uh, yeah, like one of these, w- one of these um, things which I wanted to just mention very quickly was uh, the Assassin's Creed, uh, th- Assassin's Creed Three trailer. It was one of them at least. I'm gonna try and find it. Out. I think this is the right one. But they have in they have in it like that song playing, and they just absolutely like let it go like they' just the, the ways in which that they posit so many cool moments from this song and just like how it is that it fits so perfectly into the actual like uh you know what's happening in the in the gameplay just just the way that it all works together, it's so nice, it's so, so nice, and it's just yeah, it's really it's really, really cool, I really really enjoy it, yeah it's it's nice. there's one of them, which I'm gonna find think it's here yeah here it is cool got it but yeah yeah it's uh it's cool it's it's just really really nice to see stuff like this and i think that a lot of people they'll have they'll all have their own different versions of like uh of this and of these moments and i think it's just nice to sort of harken back to those yeah yep
0: oh yeah i remember this i remember this uh, assassin's creed commercial now yeah
2: yeah it was all really popular at the time anyway
0: yeah uh, it it feels like that um that mel gibson movie was it the patriot
2: yeah
1: yeah it it does yeah oh yeah yeah which Mm -hmm. by the way i watched the thing i was curious i watched the um one of these channels that analyzes the historical accuracy of films and uh the patriot shockingly is not accurate at all not not, not, <laughs> oh. not close not not close at all
2: <laughs> oh what
0: a, what a surprise <laughs> <laughs> hmm.
1: uh, I actually uh it, it's uh, this is like a, a, a side note it is uh, the channel I think is called uh, I can't remember but uh, uh, basically he does like historical analysis and I think the Patriot is one of his most hated films in terms of like not only is it not historically accurate, but he was kind of talking about like spiritually, it's not even trying to be accurate. Like just the way that <laughs> it paints the sides of the conflict, the way that it characterizes um the motivations and stuff. Like he was actually like mad about the Patriot. I don't know why I remembered that, but I just thought it was kind of interesting because like most of the films on the channel, he's like, Okay, I'm not just trying to nitpick, I'm trying to really talk to you about like, are you going to get really like an idea of the historical uh situation this film was about and he absolutely hated the patriot um
0: so are, are you telling me that america did not defeat england using guerrilla tactics that they learned from the native americans
1: <laughs> uh really yes yes uh, i i uh, i am telling you that well, i'm just looking at this channel <laughs> so i can tell people okay so it's uh history buffs is the name of the channel it's on youtube Uh, would would highly recommend it the i don't know if the guy does stuff anymore he uh he used to be really active but he hasn't made stuff recently but uh he he mostly is has a very thoughtful long like detailed outlook on on how accurate films are he breaks down the actual history it's based on and he also even tries to walk through why he thought the film made the choices but to your point he was just mad at the patriot because he was like this film's not even trying uh, to respect the, the, the history um, and I, a lot of people I even remember when I watched it I checked out the comments and a lot of people were being like oh this makes so much sense if you think about the people that made Assassin's Creed 3 thinking about the American Revolution this way instead of, <laughs> instead of what actually happened <laughs> so you're very right to make parallels
0: <clears throat> well but uh, Assassin's Creed is at least uh, openly um, uh, historical fiction <laughs>
2: is uh that's that's presenting
1: itself as um actual history yeah of course that 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 is true i I mean to some degree like they're trying to get you to like oh you're you're kind of involved in history but i I know it's assassin's creed definitely got to the point where the contrivances are a bit much um but i don't know i still kind of enjoy it a little bit although i haven't played an assassin's creed game in a while so uh, i actually liked assassin's creed 3 quite a bit even though it's uh It's also one of those games that's like the more you think about the premise of it and how it's structured the more weird it sounds um so anyway let's talk about assassin's creed all right
0: all right let's keep going let's keep keep going going. who's next
1: oh
2: i was i was gonna say um okay okay let me i'll i'll go in with one and then i've got i've got to go soon a little bit actually i've got to to wrap it up a little bit early for myself and stuff but i will mention this one i've got a which one which is, well, this is like a print ad, right? So this is one of the ones in which I've wanted to show for a minute, but check this one out. We've got in here, EarthBound ad campaigns. All right, so (laughs) this is wild. I had to talk about this one. Yeah, This is very, very strange. They kind of ran with the tagline of this game stinks. So like a lot of people... Well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a lot of people might not know this, but like they had some incredibly, uh, we'll say, interesting choices with respect to how it is that they decided to posit this game to like new, uh, well, new players, let's say, in in the U.S. regions. So Earthbound, for those who don't know. Earthbound is a Japanese RPG. It's one of the most popular, especially in terms of cult uh, followings. Um, yeah, like it's one of the most popular in terms of that. You'll hear a lot about it, but it's part of a wider video game series called the Mother series. Its a series that consists of three role-playing games, mainly obviously known, more than known as Earthbound Beginnings outside of Japan. They came out uh, for the Family Computer. Uh, for the Super NES, for the Game Boy Advance. All of those games have been very popular for a lot of different times, but Mother itself came out in 1989, the first one did. Uh, July 27th, actually, 1989 is when Mother came out. The lead on the project and the sort of quote-unquote creator of the whole series is named Shigesato Itoi, a very interesting man with a variety of different types of very interesting skills and personal histories, which are interwoven within the games and series in lots of different ways, but I'm not going to go into that. What I do want to get into is these adverts. So they're extremely strange. They're really weird. They talk about the game smelling and it's just very, really, really odd to see a game sort of, you know, like posited like this way. Typically when people want to sell a game, they'll say, oh, this game's great. You're missing out if you've not played it you absolutely need to buy this you need it in your life this is all the other games did or they would do something with re- with respect to the the sex sells type of a you know like way of selling things the uh the the appeal and the and that ideal but they've said like numerous times they said they, they said here we're warning you like this game like, stinks. Like, this game stinks. Uh, they talk about, cut this coupon out, not the cheese. Like, talking about where, these st- where is the stench <laughs> coming from. Yeah, they, there are lots of people who've spoken about this, but Nintendo in essence decided to okay all of this, uh, Nintendo of, of America. And yeah, they pretty much just made sure that all of this went out. Obviously it did, and this kind of turned a lot of people off to the game, obviously, as, as you think it might. But they had a lot of different taglines <gasps> with respect to- the, you know, awful smells like farts, uh, stink stinking smells, and yeah, like they um even had a comes with more rude smells than the old pull my finger joke, and it's like why is this occurring here? Like why is this happening? They even had a very weird like I think what was it? They had some kind of like scratch and sniff like merch or something like that, and apparently it smelled like vomit. I think that was a thing as well. Like there's a lot of stuff, yeah.
0: The game, uh, the game actually came with a, uh, a scratch and sniff card, so that you could smell the enemies that you were fighting. So it's yeah, like, that, oh, that okay, was yeah, you're fighting this guy. Scratch, you know, scratch that bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Kind of reminds me of the uh, the the Harry Potter jelly beans they came up with, where they had like a vomit flavored jelly bean.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I remember that because um, so. Uh, the first uh, Mother game never came out in the U.S. and then uh, this was the second one. So the first one was a big deal in Japan. It was it was one of the first uh, video games that was treated as literature. You know the the creator of the game, uh, uh, Shigesato Itoi, like is a, a incredible uh, you know writer and just general uh, personality in japan he's super famous if you look at the japanese wikipedia page for him they don't even mention earthbound in the first paragraph like he's famous for so much other stuff um but it yeah you know, so but in in america they decided the super nintendo was selling like gangbusters right they decided uh to release this game and I guess they could not sell it on the artistry right they were not confident in um this was like not a good time for like you know games are art <laughs> like people still thought in the u.s that games were just like you know like just trash pop culture not literature so yeah they went this really juvenile route like they you know it's like garbage pail kids or something which is
2: exactly yeah
0: such it's so not the game <laughs> like it's so <laughs> like so far away from i mean this this game is uh amazing and it, it's this is again like uh it's such a artful game but i i don't want to paint it as like a dead serious game in a way this campaign is actually weirdly reflective of how fun and and and, and playful the game is mm. I, I almost said silly but adam i think playful is a much better word for it <laughs> So yeah. the playfulness kind of th- is, is, is congruent with the actual game. But like, it's also like, my God, this game like changed lives. Like I, 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 mm-hmm. I had a friend in college who stopped eating meat because he played this game as a kid, oh, wow. like he, wow. became vegan after playing the game. It touched him so deeply. And it's just so funny that they had like such a crass, like this game's gross, you know, I, mm-hmm. I wonder I wonder if maybe this worked out. Like, maybe a lot of kids were like, you know, like, oh, you know, I'm just going to play like this goofy uh, uh, scratch and sniff game. And then they played it and it just like blew their minds. (laughs) Like, it just Hmm. took them to emotional depths that like they hadn't experienced before. Right.
2: I mean, the series as a whole has definitely done that for a lot of people. There's a fantastic video by a Super Eyepatch Wolf. Shout out to him. Um, one of my favorite video creators online. He, he, did, he did a great video about Mother 3, the third game that came out on the Game Boy Advance. And that is just one of the coolest um, in terms of trying to get that, that emotional um, depth, especially in a game that looks like this. But one thing which I wanted to mention, too, just generally, um, this game kind of looks like what it is that someone who's never heard of of the Mother series, like ever. Like it feels like so so this 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 game's uh, advertisement. It feels like they didn't know anything about the game at all. Like nothing about yeah. like who was kind yeah. of like behind it. What well, nothing nothing about any of like, the characters. It's like they just looked at like the art of like the characters and like the designs and said, oh well. This looks like this and this looks kinda silly and oh those characters look kinda gross. like what if they smell bad? And then like that was like the whole campaign. Like it feels as if there <laughs> were people who had nothing to do with like anything regarding like the game's story or plot or just yeah. anything to do with the game at all. Like they just looked at it and went like, Oh, that monster looks like a vomit. Vomit smells bad the game smells bad <laughs> and they just went with yeah. that like it's very very odd
0: yeah yeah uh, Again, get like very reflective of uh sort of the the uh position on the social totem pole that, that video games occupied in in at least in the uh uh western world you know in in ni- the early 90s like the people making the ads couldn't really be bothered to truly understand the game right like uh, this was the same time as the Final Fantasy III, uh, really Final Fantasy VI commercial, right? Which, which I did like. I did enjoy it, but like, it had nothing to do with the game. It, it, I think we talked about it this in the last podcast. It was like, it was like people thought you had to trick people into playing games. They they did not think mm-hmm. that anyone would engage with the game uh, because it could offer a meaningful, artistic, engaging. A emotionally deep experience, right? It had to be like, ha, you know, vomit. It smells, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just uh... I'm just watching.
2: Oh, good. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Oh, good. Good. Uh, are, are, no, I can we can we you talk about the, the yes, commercial?
2: Yes. Yes. Please do. Yeah. Please do. Please. Do. You, you go for it. You go okay. for it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. So I I'm so glad you brought this up because I, I when when this was one of the uh, ad campaigns I wanted to talk about the 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 uh, Nintendo of America ad campaign for for earthbound and then I wanted to contrast that against the original ad campaign for mother uh, in Japan and as again to give you some context like um, Shigasato itoi like the guy that wrote the this game he is. A like really respected figure in uh, Japanese culture, not just pop culture. Like he, uh, so he's a famous copywriter. So he, he's like the Don Draper of of Japan and more, because he created so many of the most famous ad campaigns and famous like slogans uh, for ad campaigns in that country. And in fact, um, I think to this day he does the slogan for every single Ghibli movie, and he's just oh, wow. like so good at boiling down um just the whole feeling uh, the ethos of something into a single sentence and for for mother the game that he wrote which first of all the name mother my god just that as a name is so like it evokes so many complex emotions right it's like you know of course you, everyone has a mother and then there's mother earth and it, it's, exactly. it, it felt so big. I remember being a little kid, like maybe like seven years old, just seeing that title, Mother with a Globe for the O. And I was like, I just felt like this game is, there's something about this game. It's going to be like very meaningful. <laughs> as, as, a, as a little yeah. grade school kid, I, was, I could feel that. And so his, his slogan for the, the, the Japanese campaign was, uh, no crying until the end. And I, oh my God, like that tells you everything. It doesn't tell you anything about the story, uh, but it tells you, like, this is, this game's gonna break you. Like, it's gonna, it's gonna offer you something deep. It's gonna touch you on a level that other games have not. And, and then the commercial that went with it, that aired in Japan, they, they shot it as if you were watching scenes from a live action adaptation of that game. And they got these little, uh, you know, these actors, they're all like, like American kids, like, cause, cause the game sort of plays off of like nostalgic Americana and it looks like the most amazing eighties live action adaptation of a video game. And it's, it's so committed to this idea of uh, like offering a, an emotional experience. It's, it's such a cool ad and it's um yeah, it, it's just legendary. It's and the imagery in it just, uh, the mountain that looks like a mushroom cloud, like it's just so exactly. layered with meaning, and it's yeah, and it's an incredible game. have Have you have you guys played uh, Mother or what they call Earthbound Beginnings? No, so, uh,
2: not not Earthbound Beginnings. No, so, but like a very <clears throat> small snippet of like Earthbound, okay. and like a small I, I, if, snippet of um, yeah. of Mother Three that would like that would later come out. Yeah, if
0: if you're listening, and, and we could do a whole podcast on this, but I super do recommend that that first famicom game it's it's my god like i don't know it's like what 30 something years old now but yeah that game is really good and it's it's uh like i i I didn't play it as a kid i read about it in thai gaming magazines i never got to play it never came out in english until um i finally got it for the for the wii u the the system that no one owns (laughs) finally got it for that that was the only time it's been ported into english and it's an incredible game. I, I, I was like, bawling like within the first two hours of playing it, not because anything (laughs) sad happened, but like, because the writing struck me on such a deep level, like uh, Shige Sato Itoi. I think he, he said like, uh, he's just got such a concise writing style. Like he doesn't need to use a lot of words and I'm making it sound so serious. Like it's, it's really fun. It, it, it eases you, you into the emotions, and it—it it was actually just the thematic depth of the game. The way that he could have the character say one thing, and you know, it's like a child speaking, and then as an adult, you kind of think about the full ramifications of what this child is saying. I, I don't want to spoil too much, but it—it it is so good. I think it's one of the best written uh, video games I've ever seen. I, I can see why. Uh, people study it as um literature in Japan and um, just a fun fun fact I think he he like inserted himself into the games um as a, a sign writer you know because he's a copywriter so he, he appeared to, like as a character who he writes little signs and that, that was like his in universe representation of himself and uh yeah that that, that just speaks volumes to like his writing style is so concise but full of meaning and it's it's awesome it's super good game super deeper recommended and it's kind of amazing that the guy that wrote the game also wrote the ad campaign to sort of like you know just <laughs> to 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 put a ribbon on this whole conversation that we've had this is sort of like the yeah, I don't think that's been done before or since hmm.
2: yeah, like, I could definitely understand what you mean, yeah. yeah, I think one of the um lasting things about <clears throat> about earthbound is the fact that it touches on so many complex and serious topics but at the same time it does remind it does sort of um it reminds you that like these are still like children like facing these uh, these things in the world and as you sort of are playing through it and as you are sort of taking in different pieces of the information regarding what happens in the world around you whilst you play the game like you end up growing with the characters for example there's even like a there's a thing in the game called like homesickness and like you can get homesick as a character and like you can call your parents or call you can call your dad like with the telephone and stuff like that yeah and it's yeah. just really really interesting the way in which that was uh put together or the idea that you can um in the game you can pray and that's something that you can do, like in battle. And that is, again, it's another thing which is um, important uh, story-wise regarding how it is that the game comes through to its uh, conclusion and stuff. But yeah, I think it's just really nice to see that, uh, it's just to see that people can remember something so well, and that, like, I feel that. Even though the game wasn't instantly popular, right? You'd see at the time that a lot of people would consider this to be like a failure with its, you know, not instant blow up sales. But like, I think it succeeded in the fact that it touched so many people and that it spawned so many other independent games' uh, creation, you know, as people might may or may not know like Undertale, like that smash hit, like the person that was heavily involved with that game's development and like really, really just, you know, drive, the driving force like of it, Toby Fox, like he was massively inspired by Earthbound and by games that are similar. And the fact that it kind of, I don't know, there's like a... There's like a generational passing of the torch with respect to games like this and i think that once you end up you know like looking into it just like a, a little bit deeper you scratch the surface and find like a world of influence regarding this the, the project not just like as a game but like as a as a whole um ip as a as a whole you know as a as a whole product itself not just like a singular game like all of the characters in it are important and all the things that occur in it are important but like the way the game kind of makes people feel that becomes like a thing like it's like it's like why people call things like uh like souls-like games do you know what i mean or it's why people Mm. say that games are similar to something and they, they add that like afterwards that happened like with earthbound specifically because of what it means to people and i think that that it makes a much more um important statement to me and to creative people and to people who um want to make more things in general that's much more important than just like oh how much did this game sell and I think that's his oh, yeah. real own, you know, legacy. Like this game is has children, you know. This game is like the grandfather of other games and of other ways of making games, of other ways of writing. And I think that's a really important thing to, to mention, especially when we're speaking about games. But just to wrap wrap it up, I wanted to say like, Angry Video and Game Nerd, yeah, he made a video like about like Earthbound like a while ago, and I've got like an excerpt from the video because it made, makes me laugh every time I think about it. But like there's a part in the game where like you end up fighting against like police officers, like quite literally. They take you into a back room and they kind of sort of not so, um, Inconspicuously, gang up around you and then like try to fight you as like a young child. And then he has a really funny bit about this where he just speaks about it. like, "Hey, what's all that about? Like, they're bringing a little kid into the back room and they're gonna beat him up in the police station. That's terrible." It's just like, yeah, it just really it just makes me laugh a lot because, like I said before, the game touches on some very you know realistic topics and stuff, but it does so in a very uh, childish uh, and fun way. Also, I think I think that Shigeharu Itoi um, wrote all of the dialogue in this game, like just specifically, yeah. Yeah. like just typed it all out and just, like, just himself and they like, edited it just himself. And that's really a Herculean task as well. So it's a lot, yeah. a, a lot of uh, the fingerprint of one person is in this project for sure.
0: Yeah, it, it, he's, it's so good because he, he, this is like one of the best copywriters in the world. And it's the the concise language he need for ads shines through in the dialogue for this game. It, it's just straight, To the point it's so beautiful and again i i want to emphasize like the games are fun and they're this isn't like um he he didn't come in you know like swing like oh i'm gonna turn games into art you know he didn't think he was elevating games it was like his inspiration for even uh, making the game was he played dragon quest way back in the day and he was like oh this game's really cool (laughs) and then you know he he was like because he was so into dragon quest he was like Man, video games are going to go places because if you can imagine, like uh, you know, back in the '80s, games were not world conquering yet, right? Like the movies were way bigger, books, everything else was bigger. But he 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 went on TV and he was like, you know, I think, you know, like manga used to be taboo, now it's super mainstream. And he was like, I think video games will be even bigger than manga someday, and that that caught like Nintendo's attention. And um, yeah, yeah, he so. It's made by an actual video game fan, not not like an outsider. He wasn't like, "I'm going to turn it to literature." Like he just respected the possibilities of the medium. And again, it's, it's very sincere. Just the sincerity of that game is astonishing. It's awesome.
2: Yeah, there's a, there's a very realistic sincerity in that, and I think that just in terms of it's just it's just so fun just to bring it all back around. But in terms of like that level of sincerity and how much like that means to people, having it like brought to people in like the with the veneer of like fart jokes and like and vomit jokes and like scratches <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff. it's like it's a complete like misunderstanding in one sense but it says more about like what it is that people think like will sell in a sense so like they didn't trust like what it was so they sort of thought okay what does it look like then we'll do that and that didn't work but what it was was still so powerful that it's still even to this day we talk about like it still like now I think that's yeah. very uh, yeah. It's really really interesting. Like just the peop- just the people out there as well. As genu- genuinely, if you're trying to make something, if you're trying to do something, or if, or if you have something which you know inside that you think that you can do, like just go for it and give it a shot. Because I mean, like there will be. They, there will be moments like in life that are a lot like that you know where people will try and package you in a way that you feel isn't true to who you are but they might try and say hey it's for the you know it's for your own like good or hey like this would help you out in the in the in the long term or in the long run but you feel it's not you and you and you want to like re- re- rebel against it in a sense just go ahead and do that because i mean like what it is that you are your most genuine and authentic self is always what will be treasured and noticed the most and that's what will be spoken about like we don't always speak about like, the wrapping that presents come in but we speak about how it is that we felt when we opened it right like that's what that is and i think that that's what it is that uh, earthbound and mother and especially with an ad campaign like this it's what it sort of like you know broke back through and then what it is it's what it is that the project like gave to us so yeah i think it's just a really cool a really cool um game in in an ad campaign that doesn't quite suit it but the coolness of the game still like broke back through it yeah it's cool
0: yeah well Man, thanks, Adam. Thanks, thanks for suggesting this topic in the first place. Oh, yeah. I, I never really um, gave that much attention to the game ads, you know, but it's...
2: I know. It, it, yeah, if it's you wanna,
0: If you want to study the history of games, that is a whole dimension to it, because you have the game itself, right? And mm-hmm. the way people uh, think of games changes every time, but the way the game is advertised is such a good time capsule of the period in which it was released that doesn't change. Absolutely. The ads don't change. They reflect exactly what people thought uh, was the right attitude to sell that, that game. Cause I mean, ultimately, you know, it's all about their, their, their products, right. They're, they're art, but they're also products. And yeah, it's fascinating to look over the history of them. Like every, every notable game had an ad campaign behind it. It's kind of wild to look, look back at some of them to see which ones were just really far off base and which ones like really nailed it. You know? was really fun to think about yeah really really fun discussion thanks man
2: yeah anytime man it's it's, a, it's always a pleasure bringing this stuff up and i just like i just love hearing what it is it you guys to say and then drop it in my sense as well and yeah, it's just nice to go and like look back at the past of this type of stuff because, like I said before, like this is like the time in which like I, uh, I, I just I just enjoy like looking at this stuff so much. Like I just really enjoy it. it just there's a, there's a vibrance and there is a there's a real fun like energy to all of this. And just yeah, experiencing this and like just knowing that you guys like got to experience this in some sense just all of this era. It's just, it's very cool. Sort of like I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of like revisiting it myself in a sense, and I like doing that. So, so anytime. Yeah, it's always good.
0: All right. So shall we uh, wrap things up?
2: Sure, I'm, I'm with that. Cool. Anyone got any, got any more? Uh, Sean, you know, anything you want to say?
1: Yeah, the only one I want to... Reg- this one's not going to drive a very deep conversation, but uh, while we're on the Nintendo topic, since we'll probably move oh. on from that, um, I want to talk just like a little bit about, uh, as they've gotten more into doing, like, these Nintendo Directs that I think some of uh, Nintendo's, like, especially, like, uh, Super Mario Odyssey uh, advertising mm-hmm. has been really fun. So I was thinking specifically about uh, the E3 trailers. Um, you guys remember the reveal of Odyssey where, like, the the beginning oh, of yeah. it, uh, it's, like, you, you know, you don't know what it is because it's, it's, like, a Nintendo Direct, or I think it was E3, actually, before that, but, um, like, it's a T-Rex runs up, and you're, yeah. like, oh, what is this game? yeah. yeah yeah. and you're like oh and then they're like wait what's that and then it like zooms in on the mario hat um and then it kind of moves into this kind of like jazzy um like not quite anime-ish but it was very reminiscent of animes where they had these kind of really like jazzy sung you know opening themes and stuff like that and i was like Well, we're talking about nintendo i just wanted to mention i don't know if it's like mind-blowing but i always felt like the, the tone really maintained that that feel that nintendo has had over this time just like how just like fun and lighthearted, uh and how sincere it is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's yeah, so playful.
2: That was, that was a great it's one. so so yeah. playful. Yeah. 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 I, I think I think that's what it is that they do best, yeah. Just like i was just just watching the um the T Rex like sort of like just absolutely just uh, bulldozes its way into the into the shot there like you, the the weight of its footsteps the way that when it swings around the tail gives that like you know that that cutting of the air type sound with the whoosh and and the way that it, there's a kind of a real sense of weight there you think okay like yeah this game seems like like it could be serious. Like this game doesn't seem as if it will be. I don't know, like for like children. But on top of that, it feels as if it's just going to be Nintendo trying to push something different, next-gen type of feel. And then it's Mario, you know, old trusty Mario, who who you've seen in all sorts of situations before. But hey, wait, what's the hat doing on a T-Rex? That's weird. Oh wait, it has eyes now. And then and then they kind of sort of uh, they get they hit their stride, you know, and then they start showing off what the game is. But I I really enjoyed that. Yeah, just really really cool to see that happen yeah yeah it's a nice kind of like jazz swing feel with the music as well that really popular song yeah
1: to to me it's just kind of um what's the word it's just like this this quintessential uh expression of how nintendo continues continues to be the, the company that is more about just like pure fun than mm-hmm. other video. like we're all talking about these other ads where like even the ones i was talking about before like they're they're all trying to be like intense and serious and um I just, I always felt like Nintendo was still very good at kind of coming back to uh, this just like pure kind of straight fun. Uh, it doesn't, you know, it's very well crafted. It's not, you know, it's, it's not taking away from the quality or being kiddie or something, but it's just very like, it goes back to that. Like, it's very sincerely just trying to be delightfully fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, Nintendo never lost focus of the game part of video games. I think they, they've always seen themselves as a toy company still. That doesn't mean the games can't be artful, right? Like, obviously, the, the Mother campaign was, like, super serious. But it's, you know, they still remember to, like, make things fun, right?
1: Fun mm-hmm. fun question. Are y'all uh, aware of what Nintendo's official mission and vision statement is?
2: Uh No. No,
0: what
1: what's that? Uh, so I don't remember it exactly verbatim. I I could look it up, but I but it's basically their their mission and vision is to make people smile. Is basically what it says. Aw. Oh,
0: that's nice. <laughs> no, no, but I think it's <laughs> actually yeah, important.
1: Great. It's actually important, right? It's like, it's not like to your point. They don't see themselves as a video game company or a character company or a hardware company. They they see themselves as bringing fun to people. Right. Like they, they they see that as a as a element of and I think if you look at the way that they develop games and the way that they position themselves in the industry, it actually makes a lot of sense. Um, of course. So, so I, I just looked I looked up like exactly like if you go to their like who we are page, which is actually pretty hard to get to. Um, hmm. But they basically say the mission is to put smiles on the faces of everyone we touch. Um, yeah. And they talk nice. about like we do so by creating new surprises for people across the world to enjoy together. Forged our own path since 1989 when we, began make, when we began making honey foodie playing cards in Kyoto. Today, we're fortunate to be able to share our characters' ideas worlds through the medium of video games and the entertainment industry. It's uh, so like, I don't know. I think they just like, to your point, they've really kept their eye on the ball uh, with, with that, yeah. that
0: idea. They, they have. I, I want to, I, I have a little bit of insight here. So I, I'm sure a lot of Let's people go. are listening and they're like, oh, you know, well, they're a corporation, right? Like, don't get too friendly with them. I mean, yeah, Nintendo has its dark side. They like to—they're kind of—they like to sue fan projects once in a while. True, uh, true. But I will say, um, so I mean, obviously, yes, they're a profit-driven corporation. You, you should never feel like corporations are your friends. But I do have some insight into how Nintendo, I think, is a lot more sincere in upholding its message and being about the games and the art than other companies. Because I, um. I had an acquaintance who ended up working at nintendo years ago uh, uh for their uh, uh sales uh, and marketing department and this was mm-hmm. uh, i i don't want to say too much i, I, I don't want to um, identify this person but basically they had come from the corporate world for uh, some you know really really high-end like american brands and then they worked mm-hmm. for nintendo of america and coming from corporate America, they thought they were going to roll up their sleeves and dictate like what the direction of the company was going to be, right? But actually at Nintendo, they were like, what the hell? Like every other company I've ever been in, uh, you know, like sales drives everything, right? Like all of the, the, the the market data drives every decision, right? Whereas in Nintendo, he was at the, bottom of the totem pole right he was like i don't get it like i i i tell people what to do and they ignore me right like he's like <laughs> it's weird why do the developers have all this power right <laughs> and i was you know i was like pretty i was i was impressed to hear that about nintendo like this guy was actually like complaining about it. like oh they don't know what they're doing right like they don't they don't look at the data and like you know the you know, blah 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 and like you know they're just it's just all the the treehouse people whatever they feel like doing and i, I was letting them air out their sorrows but in the back of my mind i was like that's great <laughs> like that's that's yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: you know mm. yeah no absolutely like and you know what's interesting as well like especially regarding something like that that's kind of what it is that, um To tie it back to, like, the Earthbound, um, like, the press, like, run and the advertisements of that and stuff like that, that is that conversation, you know, like, distilled, you know, like, the game is what the developers wanted it to be, but, like, specific people were trying to sell it and posit it a certain way, they made its ad campaign, you know, like, the developers didn't make the ad campaign. Like, if they did, it might have have been much uh, more, you know, in line with what it is, because, you know, they understand what the game is, and they know what it is that they're doing. And they they want, they know what it is they're trying to make, they know what it is that they're trying to say specifically. But when you get other people in the mix who don't necessarily know what the product is, but they're just looking at data, and they think, okay, this looks like something else, which looks like something else, which looks like something else. Right? What data do we have regarding this? Okay, here's what we're going to cook up. And it might not hit and it might not go so well as it didn't and yeah like that's something which a lot of people will have to learn to come to terms with you know like sometimes people who are good at a thing should be left to do that thing specifically and then they should have more of a voice with respect to okay what should we say with regards to how it is that we want to sell or posit it or posit it and how can we actively make sure that the voice of said project is still very much heard, as opposed to it being, you know, an amalgam of uh, cliche uh, jokes and the, you know, misaligned comments. So yeah, I think it's very important yeah. that that people yes. are doing that specifically. Yeah, it's good.
0: I I just want to add one more thing. I, I'm just going to lightly go. touch on this because this is a whole another rabbit hole that maybe we we could definitely spend an, a whole another podcast on. Maybe the next one. Um, mm-hmm. Earlier, I said that uh, Shigehito Itoi was the only guy who ever wrote the game and wrote the ad campaign right i'm wrong Mm -hmm. i I just realized there's a a very notable very contemporary director that does just that that is hideo kojima
1: as you were saying that i was like i know who you're saying
0: yep (laughs) yep yeah obviously he he writes the games with with co-writers that he does credit a lot of people say oh he he's a credit hog he's not he credits the people literally in the game he'll tell you this chapter was written by me and this these other people but um anyways Kojima famously cuts his own trailers too and he's so good at it he's so so good at it like some of the all-time best trailers I, I won't go too deep but um, he's so good at selling his own games and he's sort of the opposite of uh, itoy right because he itoy comes from uh, uh, you know uh, uh, advertising. Background. He's very concise, whereas Kojima is very expansive. He lo- loves to go down uh, various tangents and rabbit holes. And um, but but the games are are wonderful for him. I, I love them for that. And yeah, he cuts his own trailers, and they're amazing. And um, you know, I, I suspect that uh, maybe um, Hidetaka Miyazaki for the Souls games. I think he must have some input on their trailers too, because they also do a really good job of um, not only selling people on the game but like describing the themes like they kind of spell out like so much of the game in the trailer and uh, I-, I love stuff like that yeah,
2: yeah I, I, I that's so cool I, I just remembered I have one more which which is kind of like it's more like in line with like what it is that the games are perfectly so we've spoken about one in which like you know the games didn't get like what it is that, sorry the game adds they didn't get what it is that the game was right so that's what mm-hmm. happened with earthbound but i'd like to speak about one ad which absolutely very much understands what it is that it's game is who it's for and what kind of actions and reactions you might get surrounding it i want to talk about senoran Kagura burst very quickly all right so oh yeah <laughs> okay so yes yeah, so, yeah. Wow. So, yeah 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 so senoran Kagura. it's a video game series created by kenichiro uh Taka, sorry takaki <clears throat> Sorry, Takaki. Uh, produced by Marvelous and mostly developed by Tamsoft, but the franchise itself revolves around like different groups of like female like shinobi, and it received like a manga and like anime adaptations. It's very heavily based around just like uh just these cute drawings of like girls and women, and just making sure that you know you get to know certain parts of these characters, you get to know who it is they are, what it is they do all sorts of different stuff. You can interact with them in different ways. It's very much, uh, as me and my friends might say, a very oobly-boobly type of game. It's, <laughs> it's very uh, specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah you, you may have heard that term before. but this. Uh, this ad it's a it's a it's of a guy walking into a store here we have different stores in england called they're literally, they're literally just called like game stores like g-a-m-e like stores where people can buy games from he's walking into a store that's kind of like one of those it's a regular game shop but he's very sort of like rushed and like kind of almost like a bit embarrassed that he's gonna do this like as he goes through, as he goes through the, the glass doors, he's giving himself a bit of a pep talk in his mind and he lets out an exasperated sigh. You know the kind of sigh that you do before you're about to do a, a big thing, before you're about to deliver some tough news or just, you know, before you're about to do something very important? That's the kind of sigh Is He's like, okay, okay, cool, I'm about to do this thing, all right. And then what does he do? He's walking into a store, he's very hurried, direct, straight up to the cashier, goes, hey, can I get a copy of a seven Kagura birth, please? He says it, like, nice and quiet, because he doesn't want people to know that he's playing this game. But the guy's like, huh? Huh? What, what was that? I can't hear that. He says, sorry, what was that, mate? And he's scratching this, he cuts back to the guy. It's very first person, so you kind of see them both like talking to each other, very sort of like full, uh, flat on, first person type type of a <laughs> view. And then the guy scratching behind his neck, he's kind of a bit more embarrassed, like, uh, can I have uh, the Samran uh, Kagura first game, uh, please? <laughs> I have it. And the guy's like, huh? What? Can I, can I can I get what? Sorry, I can't, I can't hear you. Like, sorry, mate, what? And then he puts his hands on the table. And he's like, can I please get one copy of Samurai Kagura Burst? And then, like, everyone in the shop, they all look at him like, huh? Like, What? Oh my gosh, like this guy wants Sam a burst. And then, like, everyone turns. The guy or the cashier puts his hands up, like, oh, whoa, whoa, okay, dude, all right, all right, geez. And then, like, <laughs> a woman with a child turn around and, like, the, the baby's, like, crying. And, like, she puts her hands <laughs> over the, the, the child's ears. And the mother looks, like, disgusted. And just, like, yeah, even one guy, like, drops all of the games that he's carrying because he's so shocked. At not only just the volume of what the guy just asked, but what the, the kind of game that he's asking for. Yeah, it's, it's just very funny. They kind of did the whole, like, you know, we're teasing in an, an 18 plus kind of type game, and oh my gosh, do you really, do you really want to ask for this in public type of a thing? Yeah, it's, it's just very, um, it's very funny. But okay, the wider so point funny. I'm making here is the fact that like this game ad, it very specifically understands what the game is, and it's kind of like the perfect like juxtaposition, right, to what it is that we just spoke about with respect to the prior thing being such a intense and like emotionally, um, emotionally well aware like game, posited in a very silly way. And then this is just like a very like silly game, posited in, in a silly way. So it's like it's perfect. So yeah, it's yeah. Very, very well married together.
0: Yeah. Have Have you played those games?
2: I have not. No, I've seen them played. Like, I can know what yeah. they are. Can I know I know about them, but yeah, I, I never bought yeah. them. I actually haven't played it.
0: I I, I, th- I think it's known as a very fan service heavy game, but again, like they're yeah. very sincere. Like it, it kind of just embraces what it is, and it's not it's it's like a fun series. Um, I I have a friend who's really into it and you know a lot of people say like you know what I I actually play this game for the story and characters and it sounds ridiculous. It, it almost sounds like, you know, like maybe something someone would say as, a, as an excuse in this commercial, right? But like mm-hmm. that's ultimately what anchors the fans to this uh, series and I I can say that cuz like my my friend who's really into it like he he he's a gay male man like he, he so he's not even attracted to the characters he's just like no really like I I played this game for the story like he loves the characters like he described it as like it I mean it's super silly it's very playful but it's like he said it, it captures the feeling of like fighting so intensely that your clothes fly off and you just don't care you're just you're just so like in the moment you're just you gotta like defeat your opponent <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> so the game and i guess the the, know, the game ads. if you look
1: at the trailers the gameplay actually does look quite fun because it's not a straight fighting game i've never played it as well i've only just watched it's the... it's a beat-em-up
0: it's mm-hmm. a beat-em-up series
1: yeah yeah no it's uh-huh. a well-crafted game to your point it's it's, it's sincere <laughs> even though they definitely have a lot of fan service in terms of the, the way the the female protagonists are uh yeah, very like kind of sailor moon but with a little bit more revealing qualities
2: yeah much yeah. I mean much like the, 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 yeah. the yeah, I mean like the. I would the not say Sailor Moon at all, actually.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. The, the the cover for the the cover for the 3DS game that Sailor Kagura burst. It's like it's literally just like boobs, like like for an I would like you know with something like between like each of them. So it's just like yeah, it's kind of um, it, it's it's very very specific in what it in what it is that it's trying to so, show you. Sorry, I like, meant more Sailor so Moon, like it. like it
1: it happens in like uh, attack animations or like they they jump into the air and then it creates like a background not, or whatever. I get what you mean. But I agree, there are not other similarities.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. no, I totally I, get okay. it. Sorry, sorry. We, we keep kicking this can down the road. I just want to say, um, while we're talking about game ads or, or promotions, uh, I, I remember years ago, uh, the producer of the Senran Kagura series, uh, he said officially, like, I don't know, in some interview, he was like, they were like, you know, what's the goal of the game? And he was like, we want to cover the world in happy boobs. Hm. And he, he meant <laughs> it. He,
2: that's amazing. Sort of
0: as, as, as the counterpoint to this commercial where it's like, you know, someone nervously asking for the game. The actual developer was like, no, we just, you know, we like boobs. Like, it's, yeah, it's not, we're not trying to hurt anyone. It's just like, just, that's what the game is about. And it's very, very sincere
2: about it. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's just just wild just like people who understand what it is that they want to make and just actively say no no this is what it is like yeah, yeah it's just it's always interesting to see and having it be you know put this way and having you know such, such a i don't know like some people might not be like embarrassed and stuff which is cool like me personally i don't think i would be like you can ask for all sorts of stuff in in the world and if you want this thing go get the thing you know what i mean yeah. like if you if you yeah. want it close mouth or get fed type of thing so i think that that's what the game <laughs> uh that's what the game trailer sort of game ad that I was trying to say right it's like he doesn't get the game until it, he asks for it louder exactly he's, he's like, yeah who he are you it. You're right exactly yeah. and he says like you know what i'm not going to say it quietly anymore Put, puts his hands on the table <laughs> looks the guy directly in the eye and says i want and kagura burst please and everyone else reacts but he got he got the game in the end so it's like it's a little lesson in there for you as well. It's it's, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's funny.
2: Okay, now I'm done. I went through my list of uh, of stuff there.
0: Yeah. It, was, it was an intense conversation. Absolutely. Wow, we covered a lot. That was I sure fun. did.
1: Yeah.
0: You know what? You know, so we we were talking about ads. Like I think maybe in the future, maybe even the next one, maybe we talk about trailers, right? Because that, that's sort of a subset oh, yeah. of this. group. Right?
2: Um, of course. You, you did touch
0: on that with the the Tekken, Tekken versus. Uh,
2: Absolutely, Street yeah. Fighter. So shout out to anyone who um, anyone who listened to that listen to that. Shout out uh, the Street Fighter Cross Tekken cinematic trailers. Absolutely amazing. Shout out all the musicians in them. Shout out Honest uh, Eyes Black Tide. That's an absolute bop. Go watch that trailer. It's very good.
0: I I love it. Love <laughs> love so your cool. devotion to it. All of right, course. I guess. Shall we wrap things up?
2: Yep. let's wrap it up
0: okay all right so uh thank you dear listeners uh, if you made it all the way to the end uh really happy to be able to hang out with my friends here and you know have you here by proxy um thanks for listening if you enjoyed the podcast uh if you want to keep track of the art eater podcast the best place is to go on twitter follow us at art eater podcast um, and so uh, whenever we put out a new one, that'll be the first place that you hear about it. And then if you want to catch up on the old podcast, uh, hopefully we're on every platform that you enjoy listening to your podcasts on, you know, like Libsyn, Apple, all, all, all that good stuff. If, if we're missing anything, uh, hop on Twitter and let us know, you know, let us know uh, where we mm-hmm. should be. Um, and then if you want to see everything in one place, you know, make sure you're not missing anything. Go to uh, our website. That's arteater.com, A-R-T-E-A-T-E-R.com. Uh, click on the podcast section and you can catch up on everything we've ever recorded. Also have, uh, essays and, uh, lots of good stuff on there. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm your host, Richmond, um, uh, one of the, uh, founders of Art Eater. been running, uh, art eater for gosh like over 10 years now and it's been a ton of fun just uh, doing this with my buddies uh, it really just started with a desire to uh, talk about games and all this cool stuff at a level of depth that um, you know I wasn't seeing at the time back in like 2011 um, I think yeah. I, I think things have the conversations have deepened since then uh, which is awesome I, I love that and I love to be able to uh, contribute to that with you guys week after week yeah so um yeah if you want to follow me i'm, I'm on twitter all the time uh, you can follow me at richmond lee R I C H M O N D underscore l-e-e um and yeah i'm always talking about art and animation and cool stuff and i'm also making a game right now that you, you can uh also follow it's called zeka tactics a z-e-c-h-a like mecca but with a z Zecca tactics making the uh, mecha uh, strategy RPG with uh, very uh, anime inspired uh, aesthetics, doing really cool stuff with cell shading and animation. Uh, I love working on that every day. I'm super excited about that. So please, please check that out. And then, um, yeah, Sean, Adam, uh, let everyone know what, what you're up to and how, how they can follow.
1: Sure. Uh, I'm Sean. You can follow me at Daborsk on Twitter, D A B O R S K. Um I have recently been doing um a lot of mentoring. I've mentioned it a few times on the podcast, so that is uh primarily what you can I don't know interact with me outside of the podcast on um adplist.org. Um you can also see the the link in my my Twitter description. Um I have a book coming out ideally within the next few months, so I'll probably talk more about that, but that's also what I'm working no. on, so I haven't been I haven't been otherwise, uh, you know, <laughs> between playing Elden Ring uh, and working and doing a bunch of other stuff. That's mainly what I've been focusing on. But um, for uh, ADP List, I'm also, like, testing out their new tipping feature and trying to use that to raise money for uh, the Noir Network. So I'm about at $700 of 1000 that I wanted to donate. So, uh, again, mentoring is free, but the, the tipping feature is obviously, you know, uh, if people want to give money. So, uh, it's, it's more of a, if you know people that are trying to get into design or product or technology, it's a great site. Um, but yeah, you can just jump on and and book with uh, all types of different design leaders and, uh, product people. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing right now.
0: If seriously, if you're listening and you have any interest in like advancing your career in, in anything related to games or graphic design, like please take Sean up on this. I cannot overemphasize like what a amazing scoop. If you're hearing this right now, uh, within you know within a year of this recording, like please take him up on it because he has world class skills and he will help you out. <laughs>
2: Thank you. Awesome. That's absolutely true as well. Just after listening to Sean talk about just about like anything, you can get a really specific like idea of just how much he knows and the wealth of knowledge in that man's mind. So absolutely take him up on that for real, because yeah, very smart man right there. Giving people stuff for free. Listen, you better get on that. I'm telling you. Alright, so check this out. Yeah, uh, it's Adam. Pleased to be here once again. You already know, it's Adria, your favourite game, level designer, pixel artist, and international Taekwondo fighter. As always, it's great to be back here with the crew. I had a really good time and I go by AJ on Twitter as well. So you can find me over there. Uh, That's at AJ Mattis, AJ M A T T I S. That's just again at AJ M A T T I S. Yeah, I'll share and retweet all kinds of cool art and creative projects that I see. And if anyone wants or needs any pixel art related work uh, or help, I'm active at the moment. So please do get in touch. Sometimes people come through in the DMs and they're like, hey, could you help me out with this? Or hey, hey, I actually really liked what you said. And guess what? I like those moments, so by all means, please just come through. And if you're so inclined, if you liked anything that I had to say today, uh, feel free to drop a follow. So or just drop a tweet at me. I'm always happy to have a conversation. And yeah, I really enjoyed today. It was really fun, and I'm really glad that we could actually get to speak about this topic because it's one which I'd had in the mind for ages. And I'm glad that we could get it out there, just because everyone's had a nice time with it, and I wanted to hear what you know what it meant to everybody else. And also just randomly. Uh, well, no, not randomly, but yeah, if you, listener, if you ended up enjoying this podcast so much and you had such a good time, you know, listening in, just drop us a message and say, hey, what was your favorite bit? What was your favorite part? Or just in general, like, you just say, oh, hey, I really like this ad. What do you think about it? Like, you can ask us stuff back and we'll reply on the Art Year account on Twitter as well. So you can definitely follow us over there. The Twitter account itself, I think it is what is the Art Eater podcast, right? On Twitter? I think, I think
0: so. it's just yes. Art. Eater podcast,
2: okay. Yeah, your okay. podcast. That was it. That was it. IEA podcast okay. on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Yeah, podcast on Twitter. So, yeah, um, by all means, this was a ton of fun. Uh, everybody, uh, take care, stay safe. We'll see you next time. And just like, uh, my, just like the ad campaign in uh, in Earthbound, there, keep on uh, stinking up the world with your ideals and just uh, be yourself out there, okay? <laughs> all right, bye. All right, I, I
0: just want to add, just 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 while we're on this topic of uh, ads and promotion. Uh, please, you know, if you're interested in pixel art and games, uh, uh, reach out to uh, Adam. He's an amazing artist. And also, if you're into martial arts, he's literally a champion martial artist. Uh, I, I think you, you just barely touch on this during the podcast, but he is like champion of a whole continent. <laughs> like He has a depth of experience that is just amazing. So, So, yeah
2: please reach out to us. thanks a ton yeah thanks a ton it's a it, this is like a small thing but like i just taught like um a lesson because i'm 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 i'm, I'm flirting with the idea of like teaching and like getting into that some more and stuff but i just taught a lesson like yesterday for somebody and like it went really really well so i'll speak about that more in the future perhaps maybe right. a martial arts focused episode of the pod maybe who knows oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just like that area of my life is like evolving constantly and i'm always grateful for people who say nice things about it so thanks rich friend that was cool thanks yeah, this was a blast. I'll see you all next time. Yeah. Later. yeah. Okay. Bye, listeners. Bye.